everybody say it mean? Who's that out there living the dream? Let's blow him the bean. Who's that still smoking all that green? Let's blow him the bean. Come on, y'all, let me hear you scream. Let's blow him the bean. Let's blow him the bean. Let's blow him the bean. Go. How did everybody have a good weekend and watch some amazing fights? 214 went down, history was made, we have new champions, current champions, and uh, people getting their due and other people not, and I mean, where do we even start? We gotta yeah, head it off with the Leslie Smith underdog pick of the week coming through. Which is like, right, 98.99. I think we've, we've only been... got one wrong, ever. On like 60 shows. I don't even know how many shows we've done at this point. Right. On right. a lot of shows, though, people. We're pretty... Maybe we've gotten too wrong. I can't tell you even who, but our Leslie song... Our Leslie dog Smith. under... Smith underdog. <laughs> <laughs> Leslie Smith underdog pick of the week. Definitely has been notorious One day, for people, that'll through. be a button. <laughs> yep. And, and maybe our first interview. I'm just going to put that into the ether. Wouldn't that be the best first interview for us to have on... Lesbo and the Bean. That'd be awesome. I wonder if she likes the beach because we're right there. Or maybe she could go to Top Team and train, go to Black exactly. Zillions and train, go to Florida. Clothes. There's tons we of people to train clothes. with out around here. I got an Airbnb for you, Leslie Smith, just so you she know. She can go throw some uh, fists with JJ down at ATT in Boca or wherever they're at. Yeah. Coral Gables, I think she's out at Coral Gables. Oh, there's so in many all of Florida, ATVs, you can drive there. Yeah, you can drive to any single one in like two hours throughout the state of Florida. But um, other highlights of the night, even though I don't want Should to take we start away from, from the it, bottom up. Um, we can start from anywhere. Uh, again, we got to just acknowledge that core or exactly as we called it. I feel like we got it right with even those like third and fourth. I think I picked fourth. You picked third round. Or was I right or wrong on that? Something. I got to go back and look at my exact picks for it. So we, it was a TKO by John Jones, if you haven't seen it. I'm sure you've already seen all the gifts. If you haven't seen it, you are not listening to Lesbo and the Bean. <laughs> so you definitely have seen the left kick set up all of that brutality. And even since then, big John McCarthy coming out and saying he I had John Jones' decision. I actually... Switched it by the end? I... I can just get into this now. Yes. I was going to have, I think Winkle John's camp, from what I've seen in the ring over the last, of their big fighters over the last X amount of fights, this fight was a redemption fight, not just for John Jones, but for that whole camp. I think it needs to be Winkle John Jones. Just saying, <laughs> putting it out there that it should be, there should be some kind of training involved with John Jones a little bit into that fight style. Or what can Holly Holmes learn? Or maybe he doesn't even fight with all those other people. Maybe everything's kept on the top secret. I don't know. But I was impressed with John Jones. We called it specifically as well saying people emulate what John Jones is doing. And that's what's going to be happening from now on. Just his complete game plan was perfect. We'll get into it later. Let's start at the bottom. Okay. Let's start at the bottom. The opening fight, Drew Dauber versus Josh Berkman. I have to... I had Dauber decision. Yep. That is the best Drew Dauber. I should have changed it at weigh-ins. 
like changed that he was gonna knock him out at weight. He, he looked, looked so like, good. He was so Best big. Looking. Did you see how much muscle he put on? Best he was already a muscular guy, but he was yoked. And he took time off specifically to recoup his body, and he was saying he looked really good. I should have moved it up to a TKO. I still had Dober winning that fight, um, or Dauber, however you pronounce well. it. And he was definitely worth it. If you put him anywhere on DK, he was in that top, like, 120 type of range. Uh, it was definitely a good way to start off the night of fights. And I want to say he looked like the best version of himself, but also remind me to be weary of him on the next fight because he knocked out a guy who should probably not be fighting anymore. Agreed. 100% agreed. How do you feel like where is Berkman going to go in the future? <sighs> He's going to potato sack himself and put himself through this a few more times, which is a pity. He needs to bow out. Or the UFC, the guy's fought enough mm-hmm. and a lot of just been through it. They need to put him on, you know, by no means a main event. No means. But put him at the first fight of the main event on a Fox fight night right. and let him retire in grace. Like, if not, if not already go, I think that's his. First I totally in a row. agree, go. Like, but I'm if he's gonna be in there. Yeah. One more fight. Let him do his. They might not though, because usually after like three or four, they'll just cut you, and they won't give you a last shot. Like usually four. I don't know of many fighters that have had five losses in a row at any division and stayed in the UFC. It's just kind of they get a win before that point, or they're not UFC caliber. And Josh Berkman is late in his career. We called it all. We said that fight. His family needs to tell him to get his watch. I think we even said all this beforehand that he shouldn't be taking this (laughs) fight. I was iffy. Josh Berkman, he's one of the guys that makes some people look average. I think I said that. Right. But it's time, kid. It's time, kid. (laughs) Moving on to the next fight, we had Jared Brooks defeating Eric Shelton via split decision three rounds. That was a hell of a fight. I felt like I called it for a split decision to go to Shelton. I got the split right, got the wrong fighter, the wrong fighter. But I felt like Shelton definitely looked ultra composed in there the entire fight. I'll still pick the fighter if they keep him in the UFC because Brooks also looked like for a debut somebody to keep an eye on his striking. A little times got wild and he paid for it and immediately got back in a into it exactly i thought his ground game was on point i thought his wrestling was on point i think he has a lot of stuff to work on but i think these are both definitely ones to watch yeah i agree they're both gonna go i did go with brooks but i think a lot of people did because he's such an animal i did watch them at weigh-ins and i was waiting for brooks to touch sheldon Uh shelton but i was like oh shit don't touch him because then i'll change my pick right now (laughs) don't touch him He's like a mini Wolverine. I think that as big of a favorite book Brooks was, the split decision call was particular because hey, Shelton close. did a good job. Moving on to the next fight, we had the Khaleesi losing a unanimous decision to Albu. Albu coming in and looking like a Russian T-1000. That girl is jacked. She's jacked. She Russian probably juice. pops. She got that Russian, Russian juice going on. That bear juice flowing. Um, she's definitely limited. I don't want to say that. That was so rude. Take away <laughs> from her win. I feel like Albu against other competition, they're going to figure her out. It's just that kind of like I was saying, Kern can get overwhelmed and that's what happened in the fight. Kern's 
gas tank started to really fail her and Abu was able to just keep a better pace and she had horrible Abu had horrible throws that shouldn't work on most women in there but tend to and she not something a that lot of exactly them. not something you can rely on later on there's going to be craftier women than Curran out there Curran it's time to go it's to Invicta. Invicta exactly Exactly, exactly. It's the Invicta walk. I don't necessarily think her career is over, but she definitely needs to go through some lower Angela level competition. Hill. I agree. Redemption, get confident again, change stuff around, whatever it needs to be. But yeah, it's an Invicta. And she needs life. to change her nickname to the Mother of Dragons. And uh, yeah, it's time, girl. It's time. <laughs> Moving on to the next fight, we have newcomer Calvin. Qatar defeating Andre Feely via three-round decision. I had Feely TKO round two, so I got this completely wrong. I had round three. I got it all wrong. Yeah, I feel like this was a bigger underdog, if not the biggest underdog of the night coming through Feely. It was just that Qatar looked good. The Qatar just stifled and kept the grind of a fight, a lot of uh, pressure on Feely, so he couldn't get that one punch knockout or kick which is exactly the right thing to do it made for a little bit last lackluster of a fight but those guys were both dog ass tired at the end of that fight both of those guys could barely lift their arms up it was hell of a grind i'm gonna keep an eye on guitar um it's just really a question for me in this fight is what feely starting to do like does he go down and get a little bit better he's fought the top of the top guitar being a newcomer we need to see him he Qatar had a good game plan. Um, I don't want to take anything away from that. I'm just... I see Qatar still getting some good fights. Feely, I don't know what I'm going to do with later on. Is, he I'm just becomes that guy that slowly falls down the card until he becomes the first, second, third card on the fight and welcomes newcomers. He's a ste- He's turning into a stepping stone. Exactly. And that's exactly what's happening and, and has he always been? It. He just has a really cool name. No, he's been. He's had some flash knockouts, um, and they they're deserved. They didn't come just unsuspectedly. He was definitely winning fights, and he's looked amazing in some fights stylistically. And then there's guys like this that have just pushed right into him for and made it a grappling match the whole time, and just made it kind of a boring fight. We had another one later on on the card, but we're getting there. Moving on to the next fight, we have. Leslie Dog under Dog make of, make of the week. <laughs> Leslie Smith underdog pick of the week. Brian Ortega T City defeating Hento Carnero Rento Carnero via submission round three. I got this hundred percent right on topology. I got nice that Third rounder, I mean, Orte- that was a hell of a fight. I felt like Ortega looked good. So did Moicano. I'm going to still keep an eye on Moicano. That dude is a force in the division, and he's only going to get better from this. And I think Ortega's going to even grow from this. As good as he looked, he was tested in this fight. I feel like exactly what we said on air happened. And, um, and you pointed out that uh, Carnero is gonna be hell on his feet uh-huh. and he was hell on his feet yeah. and uh um, well, take a look good on his feet though for his size um, I he, really liked what he, was he doing. put in some good shots yeah, yeah, yeah. um he took some fucking shots yeah. but what 
saved his ass and what we both talked about is that rubber guard yeah. that rubber guard so it, it pretty much went down exactly like we talked about and like it was the underdog pick of the it was he was cheap to get i think it was eight one yeah or something it was like eight that. one eight one though but it yeah. was a point flip but it was a finish for us that's a good and call. there was a time or two in the fight where i thought oh shit <laughs> oh shit agreed agreed but the guy agreed. has a hell of a chin he, they're both ones to watch. Agreed. They're both. I think there's a lot of up and comers on this card. Totally, it was so far living up to the card of the year. We're still halfway through it, and it lived up to the hype of why these matchups were so good. We had Aljermain Sterling defeating Henan Barrow via third round decision. I ended up going with a Barrow decision by the end of this. I feel like I had Sterling. I flipped that. I flopped it after weigh-ins. I just. Gave respect. I feel like Sterling ha- was going to give up a little bit. And get- that did not happen. Burrell definitely gassed a whole lot more. And Aljamain Sterling did a great job of keeping it on him. Winning the fight outright. I don't feel like it was controversial at all. I feel... I don't think it was controversial at all. But I do... I don't think both these guys made each other look bad i think both these guys might be hitting the peak of what we could see them do and they too will become stepping stones i don't think either i don't think we see either of these guys push for a title again i agree with kind of it i agree with i i felt like hennon looked half asleep aljamain it wasn't because like aljamain turned it on and just it it was a really it It was was a a telling fight to me it was a grind but it was just telling of the fighters' careers, they're both amazing. I respect the shit out of both of them. Um, they both put work in the fight. I just want to be weary looking at both of them going forward. I'd agree with that 100%. You really have to look into the... And I had Sterling um, submission round two, so I was mm-hmm. wrong on how how I saw it go. I did have him on a lot of my cards, and he wasn't horrible in points. Maybe he got in the 70 range. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember. A lot of guys were low scoring, even if they won. But uh, I just weary on both guys. Hinnon looked exactly how I thought he was going to look, though. He just looked like he wasn't going to pull the trigger. A little dopey, a little sleepy. Yep. Something is... He has that Dracula face. And he's been in battles. I feel like... He's been in dogfight of wars multiple times over in his career and it does eventually add up on you it doesn't matter who you are and no Yao at a point in time has been known to be a rough and tough gym where practices are as hard as a fight where we've seen multiple times over just kind of doesn't work you can't hit you can't try to knock each other out in the gym all the time it doesn't work both guys another thing though so that being said everything about them neither guy will ever make me buy a pay-per-view but I will be still excited to see either of their names on cards that I will watch in the future. Agreed. Agreed, agreed. Moving on to the next fight, we had Ricardo Lamas defeating Jason Knight via TKO round one. Got this completely wrong, and you pretty much said everything right. I ended up switching my pick most oh, ways no. to Jason Knight. I felt like that underdog heat. I felt like he was going to come out there and whatever, and... I did. I bro- I felt like I broke it down to a T of why Lamas was going to win, and it was. It was a number three versus a 14. I just felt a little that Hick Diaz underdog weed coming through my veins, and I ended up having to pick him. But if you listen to the show and you stayed with Lamas, you made out really well because he was a <laughs> DK goldmine. Had him on, I had Lamas <laughs> on a few DK moves. Definitely making a lot of cash on that. Um, 
it ended up making my night picking him on DK, but as an official pick, I did have night. I I did pick him as well on a few because I always listen to Lesbo and the Bean. Exactly. And, uh, sometimes one person makes a better case than the other. So I picked him on a few cards, and uh, I was glad I did. So... How do you, where do you feel like um, Lamas goes and Knight goes? Because I feel like they just kind of stay in the same spots. It's a three for the 14. You can't drop the 14 guy for going against a third guy. You know, you this is what I think Jason spot. Knight needs to do. He needs to change camps. And he, it, you've, I feel like you've said this about Knight for his last two fights. He can't take one to get one. Yeah. He can't be Being that fighter. If, mm-hmm. if you really want to make this next level stride in the UFC, we'll get to the extreme of it later on. <laughs> you have to be a defensive fighter. You cannot just take shots and go in there and bang away to just make it exciting for punches. the fans. You have to be defensive a little bit. Yep. And so I think that uh, Jason Knight needs to expand his game a little bit and not just stand there and get he can't just stand there and bang it out. He's an exciting guy, but I want to see him go further than this. I think he has what it takes to go further than this and he has youth on his side. Um that being said, Lamas, the guy can still make a run at this. He's still a top contender. Lamas has never been an easy fight. He is 35. I think that he can make a run at this, but it's getting to that point because he's been in it for a long, long time. But I would not hate to see him go averse. See, it's such a... There, you know, there isn't anyone chomping at the bit in the division right now to get up the ranks. Yeah, I agree. So I feel I like the and him and Max Holloway, yep. that fight was not boring. <laughs> yeah, it was a, it was a so fight. So that could be something like, I don't know, he might have to fight somebody big in between. Um, how does Lama, is it, who does he get next? Because he'd be the 14th guy. He can't call out the number one, two, oh, no, three no, guy. No, no. Like, There's time, to... but they're also planning for that. Uh, they have to build Lamas up a little bit, and it might be a stretch for a year from now of him to take two more fights oh, and still be in fight and shape to get the Holloway. Exactly. But 2018, they're talking about bringing Max Holloway to Hawaii. Yeah, yeah. If he's still the champ. Yeah. Um, it's a hell of a division. I don't know. They have to build Lamas up. It is, but who's in the 145 right now? Who are we talking about? I always think Stevens is in there. I wouldn't hate to see Stevens, Stevens Lamas. Yeah, it's like they've already levels. fought. Yep. There's, there he is got, did he get knocked out by Stevens? I can't think of that off the top of my head right now. I can't either. We could open it up, but not worth it. Let's move on. Exactly. So We all know Ricardo Lamas. We so. all know we saw what happened. <laughs> Moving on to the next fight. Big underdog of the night. I definitely had Manawa KO round one, but Ozdemir's got dynamite in those fists with a 22-second knockout of the no-chim Jimmy Manawa. We have Lesbo coming in with a dead ringer on Ozdemir. If you guys are listening, you cashing. You cashing. I put Ozdemir all over my DraftKings, and because of him, he definitely tipped a lot of my cards to cash. Uh, I did go with Ozdemir decision in my final picks on my card because I did just think he would wear Jimmy out, and yep. they would both be um, heavy-gloved by the end, but I thought he had the skills enough to wear Jimmy out in the first round. Mm-hmm. That'd be tedious. Definitely get the second, and then the third, finish it up with still being able to lift his arms. Uh-huh. That's really what I thought would happen. Wow. I thought it was funny how Jimmy kept being like, one shot, one kill. One shot, one kill. 
He got one shot, one kill. Real quick, homie. You went night night, poor guy. But looks like a bodybuilder. I mean, how is that guy not on the juice? How is that guy not pop, pop on his tests? I. He, where does he go, though? Where does he go? Ostmir is obviously the next in line. If not, his next fight is DC. If DC fights, I really don't want to see him do that. We're getting there. It doesn't build. It, <laughs> well, it doesn't build a name. I agree. I agree. To go it's against Ozdemir, really... it's too dangerous for me. Okay, we'll move on. Moving we on all saw. If you didn't see it, it was twenty-two seconds of. You can find a good Whoa. Real quick, skis. Moving on to the next fight, we have Robbie Lawler defeating Donald Cerrone via three, three rounds. I'm saying Ozdemir is going to be the champion of the division if Jones decides to go get his belt and then just money fight. Ooh, or he's going to be the interim. Ozdemir is going to be the interim. Ugh, those fucking interim belts. Makes a better picture. I'm an <laughs> interim belt. Oh, there's more coming. There's a lot more coming. Okay. So... This was a hell of a scrap between the boys. Lawler coming in and looking like he was ready to fight. So what did Cerrone? I know a lot of people were um, worried about his infection. And it looked like vintage Cerrone, vintage Lawler. The fact that neither one could finish each other was a testament to both of the striking. Where do they go from here? Anybody they want. I don't care who they fight. I want to see these guys keep fighting. But they could have them two of them. I I heard Cerrone on another podcast and they were talking you should do a money fight. You should do a money fight. And I'm like, Donald Cerrone versus Robbie Lawler? I agree. That's pretty money to me. I agree. Like That's, who else are you gonna be fighting? I don't I agree. The this the only thing that I don't agree with is those judges is those judges to me I thought Donald pulled this out. I thought it was a close fight and I was he. I had Cerrone as well. Decision. I don't know if I'm be if I was looking through big old biased glasses that I were wearing little too. cowboy hats, but I might even have to watch it again. I, that's but what I have to do. I really felt like Cerrone pulled it out. I felt like round one and two were my boys. Three Lawler. That's how I felt about it. If you're supposed to be judging that each round is a separate criteria. Right, of, right, right. As it's individual. Anyway. I could see that scorecard and I had it more or less that. I, But I could see also the judges. It was a brutal fight. One to watch if you're practicing MMA or learning any type of striking, mixed martial arts striking, watch that fight. You're going to learn a lot because those guys were just... Throwing unreal stuff at him. It was a night to behold. In the studio, you guys, when there's the camera on the YouTube channel and you can see in here, right about here, I think we need a little table with the computer so we can put in Lawler Cerrone scorecard. Uh-huh. Like, but it doesn't necessarily have to be on camera. It can just be right there. Right, just so that we're able to see. So it doesn't mess up our level in the beans. <laughs> <laughs> It was a good fight. It was. I was. I want to see Donald, Donald Cerrone. Listen to me. <laughs> I want to see Donald Cerrone again. Maybe let me let me think a time frame here. We got all of August, all of September, all of October. I do not want to see Donald Cerrone fight 
at Madison Square Garden in November. I love Donald Cerrone, but I want a minimum of six months off between each fight. He's getting of an age. He's been in battles. He's been knocked out too many times. I think we see the best Donald Cerrone when he doesn't take these fast-ass fights just because it fills his adrenaline need. I think Donald Cerrone needs to get a squirrel suit, and I think he needs to jump off mountains in a squirrel suit and do this every six months. Just saying. I'm a huge, huge fucking fan. I just want the best Donald Cerrone. I totally agree with that 100%. And 100% moving on to the next fight. We have a belt cutting on the line for the vacant 145 division. We had Christina Justine Cyborg, one of the biggest favorites of the night, coming through with a third round TKO. And that third round is the furthest any other living woman has gone in a fight with Christina Cyborg. I don't believe she has any other mixed martial arts fights that have went into the third round. Could be wrong on that. Yeah, I think there might be a decision or two back back in the day. So either way, as of late, Christina Cyborg was just showing you exactly as we said. She is a bulldog in the throwing UFC. everything she could. Yeah, you know that for sure. Oh, guaranteed. <laughs> at one forty-five. <laughs> Even at one forty, at one forty, she's also undefeated. Which in the is UFC. it still burns me up. When I think about they made her get to the extra five pounds for no fucking reason. Because <laughs> then they just gave her a division at 145. Yes! Just to prove a point. Just to just almost to kill her. Maybe if we just kill this bitch. Well, they got to make it even for the other ladies. And I am guilty of this. Because when I first started watching, this is how little I know compared to how much I know now. I don't know. I don't even want to say it, but I really, <laughs> I remember when I thought um, Rhonda could beat Cyborg. <laughs> uh, I remember being like, "You guys don't know what you're talking about. You guys have no idea what you're talking about." Oh. She could give her a fight, but I think Cyborg would fucking turn her into a tuna can and kick her down the road. I think the pretty room. much everything we saw with Amanda Nunes was the Cyborg fight versus Rhonda. Oh yeah. That yeah, cyborg fight for sure is almost magnified to that Amanda News beating just where cyborg can take it to the ground and be relentless. Uh, Tanya Evinger, we gotta give her her credit. This is her debut UFC fight. She was not fucking scared one bit. She did not back down one bit. Like that is as tough as a person as you can get. I wish I would have went round three. I think a lot of people saw it round one as a finish. So I think Evinger was worth her. Wait a little bit. She was the bottom lady of the entire DK line. And I put her on a couple just to let me get other people. And she got like 20-something points. Not bad. She almost got to take that in there, I think. Um, I feel like we were the only friggin' podcast out there that gave her any credit going into this. I had her round two. I thought I thought she was a grindy fighter. Yeah. I gave her tons of props. Um, one of the things I like when they interviewed her afterwards, they were like, Tanya Evinger, you know, do you have anything to, what did you think? Well, I, I wish I wasn't a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> I love Tanya Evinger too. I'm a fan of her. I think anyone out there that's given her shit because they're like, she shouldn't get any kind of credit because she went to that. She still lost a fight against a beast. Against a beast. And there's a lot of fighters. I would love to see Tanya Evinger fight in the UFC. I think she. I think she wins against a lot of women at the 135 division. 
I totally agree. That's a she does beat a lot of women with her pressure. She's very Leslie Smith esque in their pressure. They she's they do grimy. She, exactly. She gets you in a dogfight and makes things hard for people. Um, I do think though with this fight, something that you can learn from up and coming girls is guess how to start a slow down cyborg. Start to get her in a round three. You saw a very much more winded throwing punch. There was still a lot of power in it, but that technique started to, slot, to get a little wild. And against somebody with good striking, if JJ could just put on 30 pounds of oh muscle, gosh. oh my god, that would be the fight. That would be an ultra super I fight. I have to tell you, if JJ could put on 30 pounds of muscle, um, she beat Cyborg. Ah, uh, that's it. Because it'd be the defense to stop the takedown. Okay, that being said, oh. this is just this is just an interesting little... That being asked, if uh, Demetrius Johnson could put on 65 pounds of muscle, can he beat John Jones? Yes. It's interesting because everyone's yep. like, John Jones, unquestionably, best pound for pound. It's, all, it's the age-old thing that they also say, though, with the lighter weight guys in the gym is that they always have the perfect technique because they can't out-muscle like the big guys. Big guys can muscle the moves, and that's where they'll get really weird submissions at times where little guys can't afford that. It just doesn't work, so they have to use actual leverage points, and their technique, like Demetrius Johnson, is flawless. John Jones is gifted with some notoriously long limbs that does benefit his fighting style if amanda noons can put on 10 pounds of muscle does she beat cyborg i want to see that fight that's the I fight care. i want to see the i most. want to see that fight i don't know i'd love to see shevchenko will go down we do know this like when there's the 125 will eventually fight cyborg. Shevchen- shevchenko will get the one to me shevchenko will do the 135 125 but she's such a martial artist just herself and her take, being. Like Holly. She'll, she Holly wants will the, take Cyborg, She right? wants the... I love Holly. I do want to see the but Holly not yet, fight. Not yet. I don't want... They got to build Holly. it up a little. Yes, exactly. They need Holly to get another win. Exactly. And your girl... Exactly. I would like to see Holly Holmes versus Avenger before Holly Holmes versus Cyborg. I think you put Avenger against... Right at 135 and build that division back up. Yeah, but you put her in the middle. You don't keep her at the top right away. Even though she's coming off the Invicta, you still have her get... Okay, I got you. Uh-huh. Avenger, Betch. Oh, all day. That's a grimy fight. All day. I'll watch that fight. That's a grimy little punch I'll watch punch that fight best. all day long. Yep. You hear it? UFC? Avenger, Betch. You hear that, Betch? <laughs> and Betch gets hot, and Avenger... That'd be an interesting way. She likes oh, it hot. Yeah, and you know how Betch's thing is that she blows kisses and does all that shit? Avenger likes it hot. Exactly. <laughs> that might be fun. All those thongas. That yeah. might be really funny. Let's do that. Let's do that. Uh, Cyborg. We're, so Cyborg, one of the great things about um, the UFC for her, even though it was a slow start with promoting her right and Dana giving her any respect and – Dana and respect is another issue we'll move on with later on. <laughs> uh, one of the things that's kind of awesome is it sets up her for a lot of interesting super fights. If Noons loses, I want to see Noons versus Cyborg all day, and that is more money than she'll ever make holding the belt right now if she were to lose versus Shevchenko. There's a lot. Mm-hmm. Shevchenko's kind of cleared the division. There's no one at 135 anymore for either of those two women either. They're Especially if that 125. But I feel like with the amount of fights that the UFC 
it's starting to initially they had a roster where they thought they only needed x amount of people and that was prior to wme i think we're starting to see wme that's just like we're gonna set this up for long run because guess what we have 10 women fights we have a series coming up that's gonna bring in every single woman on that show just like the first season is gonna get a contract not just the two contenders like in the males divisions they're they have the tuesday shows they're gonna start having ladies fight on those I feel like they're just going to start funneling women in, and our sport is still only... And these are all cost. women that have grown up watching the Ronda run. Yeah. So those are all women prepared for that level, too. The same way as the top echelon of the women's MFA 135 is prepared as well. Right. The interesting thing with Cyborg, I want to see her in there against one of those women. Like, one of the women that's prepared for... Because I got to think that everybody who wants prepared for Rhonda prepares for Cyborg now. Mm-hmm. So I'm so curious. There's a... And, and, hey, there's... I don't know if Amanda Nunes is going to make weight at, what, 215? 215? Isn't that the next one coming up, UFC 215? Oh, well, right. Is she... Oh, I did see a poster. Is it? Is that what she's booked for with Shevchenko? Shevchenko and... And is it in Toronto? Where is it? Because um... we were completely wrong in Vegas. Totally in Anaheim this last two more <laughs> yeah. car. Just throw it out there. We don't mind admitting we're wrong. Uh, <laughs> just saying. Uh, we, I, it was a long day. <laughs> the headliner of 215. And it's a pay-per-view. And this is a big deal for... I think a little bit of Dana White eating his words. And maybe it's to say, we'll see. Uh, but it's DJ versus Borg. That's a that's a fun fight. That's a fun fight. I really like that. I, I think Nunes has her own pool. I think these Brazilian women are having their own pay-per-view audiences that they aren't getting credit for, as well as Cyborg on this card versus John Jones in DC. Mm-hmm. I, I heard a lot of people that knew her in the fight. They didn't know uh, Woodley and Maya was happening. A lot of the general public, not MMA fans. A lot of people didn't care after that one. But there was a lot of the general public that I heard talk about John Jones versus DC, and the card did sell well. So, what was the official buys? I didn't. I feel like it was buys. over a million. I don't know. I don't think it was. Everybody should be happy days over a million. Anytime it gets that, and a million is a mark that people have set as like a standard in the public, but. Really, if they make like three million, they've made their money back. And in a lot of places, like on you know British television and stuff, it's free. You know, there's a lot of eyes on it just because it sells a million fights. It doesn't mean. I'm with what you're saying exactly. Did you hear the controversy that just happened yes. today? So we're just gonna get into Maymac real quick. The fact that we have to pay a hundred dollars here in the United States and in the UK, it's only twenty or nineteen pounds for the pay per view. Oh, I thought you were talking about healthcare. Boom! Oh, boom! 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 Oh, shit! <laughs> Got him! Got him! Just kidding! Just <laughs> kidding! I know it's friggin' horseshit. It's so weird. Like under thirty bucks, they all mm-hmm. have to pay. A good thing the internet exists. I mean, that's true. Easy streaming. Yeah. Easy streaming. We hashtag that um, this weekend, and it makes me a little nervous. I don't know if I'm. If I were to get to the next level of fights, if there was another 205 coming up where it was that UFC super card where it's like, oh my God, I have to buy this pay-per-view no matter what. 
I almost was that level with this fight. And it was a rough stream to grab people. I don't know if you had that out there. I feel like the stream please are out there. It was a nail biter. UFC's cracking down. But by the end, we I forgot I was watching a stream. Thank watching goodness. Glory. I didn't the glory even, yeah. that was the co-main event. With Tyrone <laughs> the glory that was the co-main <laughs> event. Tyrone Woodley winning a five-round decision versus Damian Maya. I know people are trashing on this fight a lot, but... I thought the knockout was going to come for T. Wood, but he just wanted to stay completely away and stop 27 takedowns, which is a record of takedown defenses in the UFC in a five-round fight. They were pretty sloppy. Good thing. That's a nice stat that Joe Rogan could have used. Oh, thank you, Joe, very much, Rogan. That was so rude on air after the win. Like, that was the first thing that he said. This is the least amount of punches thrown and uh, what what welterweight? What's one seventy? Yeah, welterweight. This is the least amount of punches thrown ever in a welterweight fight. Thanks, Andre Rogan. Nice to say about the guy who just won his belt. Right, like, who just retained his belt against Damian Maya has been murdering a lot of men. You know what men. I think happened though? A lot of men. We have a biased decision thing of this fight because speaking of rough streams, our stream turned into a slow motion stream. And we got to see it in a really different way than anybody else. Just in slow motion? I, it was a beautiful <laughs> takedown defense. I mean, but that's Tyron what we Woodley, watched the whole time. Their it was, feet. Yep. It was just perfect framing off of the clavicles, keeping your hips away when he, Damian Maya did get that single leg, Tyron Woodley turning his whole body away and limp legging out. These are all techniques you can see in fundamental wrestling videos on YouTube. Perfect. If you, as much people are criticizing this, you can look back um, at perfect strategic game planning and sticking to it completely. Tyron Woodley used multiple wrist locks as well when Damian Maya would grab onto the submission as well, or not the submission, the leg or thigh at all. Immediately, Tyron Woodley would grab for the hands because he had already lost his initial forearm defense. And he'd start to peel away the hands. That's basic wrestling 101 stuff. But a lot of guys like to stick in the wizard and get in deeper on the leg. And that's what you can't do with Damian Maya. When you get in deeper against him, he'll flatten out to his back. And the few times that that did happen with T-Wood, he completely got up and ran away and waved him up. Do you think in the future, even though T-Woods isn't getting his props now, like maybe this fight will be... I know there's boring fights in the UFC, but to me, this fight was nowhere near as boring as T-Woods versus Wonderboy 2. Nowhere yeah. near as boring. Um, the one thing, do you think this fight will be like a vintage, um, you know, what are they, like a indie film where people don't realize it, but a ton of big wrestlers and MMA people will watch this in slow motion, uh -huh. breaking down every move for defense, for any oh, back yeah, yeah, position yeah, yeah. for the rest of time. Oh, yeah. Like, geez, I just can't even believe how many, what perfect defense and skill that Woodley has. I was impressed with it. If you guys get a chance to watch it in slow motion, highly recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Maybe just take... Uh, yeah, I think everybody YouTube, probably can set it probably, like, crazy like that. What I gather... Motion. The general public felt like they did watch it in slow motion. <laughs> <laughs> They're 
There's a lot of booing. There was a ton of there hate out there. There was a lot During of During time, people were so bored, the whole entire arena lit up their iPhones and started waving them around. Just <laughs> the whole the entire arena. Uh-huh. If anyone gets those. the chance to look up that online, it's pretty entertaining. It's pretty funny. With T. Wood, I mean, where does Damian Maya go? He's not saying he's retiring. I think that he... Against he's just gonna be a stepping stone. He's not gonna be T Wood, and he's got to fight seven more fights. His fighting style in order to get a shot. I don't know if he has seven more fights. I don't believe Dana is the one that made the pick on who. I think if it was Damian Maya, GSP was gonna fight at one seventy because the same wrestling that we saw, the same defense that we kind of saw GSP was, I'll take my chances with Damian Maya because T. Woods and GSP are so similar. So I felt like he, I think GSP would rather fight Michael Bisping all day than fight Tyron Woodley. I think that GSP might feel like he owes reparations to the black man because we know GSP likes that dark chocolate. (laughs) He's just a a little scared. But the other thing I'll say, as much as I'm a T. Woodley fan and the whole controversy that we can talk about if you want, I don't even mind getting into it. Um, GSP's never been known to be an exciting fighter. And if Tyron Woodley is building the same reputation, um, do we want to see that fight? (laughs) Do we? But I want to see... Because this is Lesbo and the Bean, and we are hashtag game bread all day, every day. All day. Even though, I, I, to me, it's a money fight. I think it can be on a pay-per-view card all day. Masvidal, Woodley. I would love to see that fight. I, I think they Wood- were training partners at one point in time as well. And Woodley, at one point in time, was like, I don't feel good about that. But Woodley then made a change in his life and realized, like, I can't have any friends. Like, there's a fight life, homie. You want an exciting fight? You want Woodley to give you an exciting fight? Throw uh, game bread in there. That's that's a hell of a fight. That's I don't. A lot of people aren't looking up Jorge Masvidal for a fight anytime soon, and he needs one. Get him back in there. He needs to stay hungry while he can. He has nothing but big fights. I would uh, Jorge. He November. That's a good MSG yeah, fighter. Whoever. Good, I don't yeah. even care. You know who else? Jorge Wonderboy. That's a hell of a fight. I'll watch that all day. That's perfect. That's I might even fight. like that more. Yeah. That's a, I'll watch that Go through Wonder Boy first. Long. Whoever wins. Whoever wins yeah. Wonder Boy or fights Woodley. <laughs> 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 oh, fucking Woodley Wonder Boy 3. And so with Woodley, yeah, I guess those are the next coming up fights for him. There's so much young blood coming into every division right now that we're a Conor McGregor away from two years. Somebody coming in and being like out of nowhere and being an Ozunik. Coming in three fights and being a top three contender in the 205 in division. In four years, look what Conor's done. Yeah. So who knows? You know who's one that... And you actually talked about it before he ever fought Gaethje. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gaethje exactly. could be... Cowboy. There's a couple of guys that still I don't think have peaked as far as their fame is concerned. And I like how Cowboy saw him in an interview and he's like, um, the interviewer was, uh, what are you going to do after fighting or what are you thinking about? I'm going to be a movie star. Hell yeah. So I'm saying maybe not movies, but 
How about we make a push for Cowboy on Westworld? Ooh, <laughs> I like that. That would be awesome. Did you see that he had the BMF tattoo? Remember that whole thing? The BMF oh, that yeah, he was the doing patch. for the show for like Netflix or something? The fake, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the eye and all that stuff that happened. He had a, a motorcycle vest on, a leather vest, and yep. he had a BMF ta- uh, patch on it. No, I thought he had a BMF tattoo. As well. Yeah, but right. on his motorcycle vest and all the interviews mm-hmm. over this past week. Oh, right, right, right. He had a BMF patch because of his BMF ranch. Which is now more of a compound. Better go be looking at that. You got some badass memory for us. Moving on to the main event. If you haven't seen it, we have poor Daniel Cormier. I feel like... Can we make this flap? Can we paint Woodley on it? And so anytime we're going to say something about gambling, we can knock on Woodley? Uh, I like that. That's, what I, that's <laughs> really funny. I will track. We'll figure something out. <laughs> so, Daniel Cormier... Should have been allowed to leave. Joe Rogan already has said, and John McCarthy have said that they both felt like they messed up. And even though, and they both went on Twitter for it, and DC's already come back and told them both, like, it's all right, homie. You're good. You know what I took from it, honestly? I felt like they were just trying to get him to sit down because he didn't look like he was on steady legs. I felt like they just weren't letting him out of the he cage. He was twitching in the corner. I just felt like they were just trying to get him to sit down to yeah, assess him still. Like, the doctors were still standing around. They were like, Stand, sit down for mm-hmm. a minute. It wasn't because um, they didn't want him. They still had to shine the light in his eyes and make sure everything. There wasn't an emergency situation going on. Uh-huh. That was a brutal knockout. And so I don't want to give all of them as harsh of credit. Like, Dana White came over and kind of was like, sit down, fool. Yeah. Like, you are not ready. You aren't on steady enough legs to walk all the way back to the dressing room. Uh-huh. And in front of all the fans and in the darkness around, that's not safe. You're yeah, secure yeah, yeah, yeah. and safe in the ring. Anyway, that was what I took from it. <laughs> Poor Dave Cormier. Such a good guy. <laughs> and he, those are like tears of not it hurt. Those are tears of just like, you don't understand how much he wanted to win that fight. He wanted to win. Was Daniel Cormier Aaron. ever the real champion? That's what I think also a lot of people are saying as well, is that he realized like he was ne- he was holding the belt for John Jones. And because it, John it is, got in trouble. Yep. I heard something today, so I can't even take credit for it being an original idea, but... Um, I thought DC, like, DC should retire. Retire the second best fighter that ever, yep. you know, Agreed. Agreed. was Go around. Keep announcing. You're a great announcer. You're f- so fun on air. I yep. like him ringside. I like the whole thing. You don't need to get punched in um, again. A day in your life. I <laughs> Watch think, sweets. I thought that, but then uh, John Jones is such his own biggest enemy. <laughs> if John Jones you is out, DC somebody, can hold yeah, that belt he, again. It's true. He, he gets, just he gets pay-per-view <laughs> points regardless. Yeah. He gets pay-per-view points regardless of John Jones' division. So around, I'm so. like, maybe he should just settle back for a little while, eat some donuts, and chill. Yeah. Because you never know when uh, John Jones might There's a weight limit on a heavyweight, though. You know Daniel Cormier already been messing with that. He's had a cut before. He can... He can stack on that. He looked cream. good, didn't he? Oh fuck, he looked good. DC was ready, but John Jones was magnificent. He was chiseled, a chocolate man chiseled. <laughs> 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 he was ripped as fuck. Did anybody else see that? You was know that what? Just me? I have to go back on me, something me, I me. said on air. I after it was all said and done, I did not like John Jones without that upper lip hair. I agree. I like him with a full beard. I don't care whether his head shaves or not. 
Uh-huh. But he needs that whole beard. I like that whole beard, too. That was my favorite look on him. Favorite look is the whole He's beard. He's more handsome like that. Or he needs at least a mustache. But, yeah, the whole bald, bald, completely bald head, he also needs a little on top. He just needs a little on top. I I don't... But did you see how quickly from the shave to him having hair at the fight? Like, he had that just enough where... Oh, it hurt? How you always oh, told yeah, me. Yeah, like, you make it... Yeah, you make it rough. Wrestlers, just for people that haven't listened before, like no, what they if do you shave your head so it grows back just long enough to be painful when you rub it on people's face. They actually check for that in wrestling, and I've seen guys that if you're gonna have a bald head in wrestling, collegiate wrestling, you have to shave where the ref will come and check, and they have razors and shaving cream, and they'll clean you up because it will tear your face apart, dudes. With like, you can't even have a. Grizz on you because it'll it tears you apart. It sucks. It's painful. Way more painful than you hmm. think. What kind John of hair Jones. with John Jones? He's got that bristly. You hair. know what kind of hair I want to see him with? Uh-huh. Who's uh, Wesley Snipes' character in Demolition Man? Oh damn! What's his name? Frost? No. No. It's somewhere along those. Tweet lines. at us, or we could just look it up right now. I'm so lazy. It is Frost. <laughs> no. Frost. No way. Oh, no. That's fucking Blade. God dang it. Look it what up. is it? It is... I love Demolition Man. Who Demolition. was in that? Sylvester Stallone. Who Sandra else was... Bullock. And Lou Sandy Diamond. Sandy B. Lou Diamond, was he in that? Or who was the... Who's... No, it was uh, Julia Roberts' ex-boyfriend, I think. It was, was a handsome piece of cinnamon. Benjamin Bratt. Boom! Wow. That wasn't looking it up, people. That was Google of the Brain. Demolition Man's a great movie. Sue Sane. Some of the special effects may not hold up, but there's still that like 70s special effect where it was the fake boom and everyone just jumped. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? I, there's a fake I explosion, love, everyone just jumped at the same time away from that. I completely love the fact that um, they, Taco Bell ruled them all. Like Taco Bell was the one company oh, yeah. that beat everything. I, I just remember that. I remember Taco Bell feeling fancy for a couple of weeks after that movie came out where I was like, we could go to Taco Bell. I'm going to wear my nice motherfucking clothes. That's future food, homie. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even know. Yeah, that, you, that was on a movie. Walk around here like you don't know. So, one last guess you want to have for it? Because I wouldn't have guessed it. Name of Wesley Snipes' character in Devil's Virgil? No. Wait. Ugh. I really want to have a guess and you're gonna say it and i'm gonna what is it simon phoenix simon phoenix i oh. i would have maybe gotten i wouldn't have gotten the whole thing yeah maybe that, the first I name i wouldn't have gotten it. phoenix maybe simon maybe he had a nickname phoenix. or something i don't think so Mm-mm. it doesn't say it on here, anyways so. john jones with the bleached out hair full beard or it doesn't even have to be the full beard. John Jones bleached out hair goatee, but it has to have the mustache attached. Yeah, I agree. He's got a little depth in there. Or he could have the full beard, but just not as long as before. I as long as he gets a, not bald again. I did not like that look for him at all. It was. I'm telling I'm you, not, it was the upper lip hair. That was it. I would have said it now. <laughs> <laughs> like what we were talking about instead of the fight, but that's funny. Um, How did you feel the fight was going up until that kick though? I 
I thought DC could have had that round one. He put he I was do in kind it. Of, he was in it to win it. I love DC's tenacity and I like, think John Jones fights in the JJ style where he doesn't mind giving away that first or second yeah, round and he downloads the patterns and figures out the other thing that John Jones does with studying tape, what I realize studying tape really is about is in the first round, maybe even the second round, everybody has a game plan of a five-round fight. Mm -hmm. Everybody has a game plan. After that, they're both hurt, and they go back to what they like and what feels good and what they're comfortable with, and they go back to a different them. They go back to the them that's more primal. That's why their coaches try to knock them back into sense in the corner. Like there's In the studying the tape, that's what John Jones does. He finds out what they're when they're scared or when they're hurt, what they tend to do next. Like not just the last fight or what they're working on, but in those third, fourth, and fifth rounds. The first two rounds, we can all have a game plan, our heads about us. Yeah. That third round, the fourth round, the fifth round. So I felt like by the third round, we saw exactly that happen. We saw the game plan was over for DC. And when the real DC went back to his game plan, John Jones had some next level stuff, but something else that he did that I've never seen done better before. Like if he had a paintbrush or a color by number, he started with the bottom and painted it all the way up of pain. Like if he had a pain paintbrush, he worked After on the, the head kick, he came and he didn't just jump on him completely. No, 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 of, not even that. I uh, felt like round one, he worked on the lower legs. Uh -huh, slowed him down. Round two, he worked on the body. Slowed by him the down. Time it, by the time it, he just painted uh -huh. him up of pain, he yeah. really just put on a, a whole different. DC got some good shots. DC had two really nice combinations. But overall, I felt like John Jones was leave so much better than DC and to think DC's the second best ever. I think that's that also why DC class. cried because he's just like, <laughs> that was definitive. Like, there is no if, ands, or buts. It's not a decision. There's no, it was, you got stopped completely. He said it when you lose twice, there's no rivalry. And it's the truth. It's 100% the truth. I really want, if DC wants to keep fighting... I'd say one or two more to make that last little bit of money. But no, he should have just retired. And I think that's why Joe initially wanted to talk to him. Because we all expected it. I expected that Maya and DC to retire, win or lose at this. And neither of them did. And I think both of those guys were just like, you've made a big enough name. Stay on that name while it's high. And go immediately into your training camps where you're teaching people, if not starting your camps while you still have a name about you and a presence before two months go by. All four of those guys got pay-per-view points. Because six, of interim belts. Six. I don't know if either one Christina. was holding a belt yet. So I don't think either of them do. But I do think there is something that you get pay-per-view points for the for champion. having the belt. So I think I there's got to be something with interim. And yeah. I think something with those belts is also how they're stopping the union from happening. <laughs> like yeah. getting successful. Right, right. Where they're because there's a little more money involved. You, yeah. To be able to get that boost. Yeah, I agree with you. I think DC, he's just, he's done all there is to do. And he just can't beat John Jones. And I like how John Jones buried the hatchet at the end of this. There's yeah, no need it needs to be a rivalry. And I like, I mean, what better words can be said? He is a man I, I want to be more like.
Boom. Like, what fucking bigger compliment can agreed, you give a person? Agreed. He played it. Joe didn't everybody need to wins. interview DC. Everybody wins at the even. end of that. He didn't need to interview DC. Out of all the times to keep the promise that he just made, it was that time. And I know he apologized for it. And it is news, and it's a broadcaster's job to break news. But I think... For people that don't, aren't the real fans of the sport, it isn't, but you know, crying Jordan, it is the world we live in. The crying Cormier and people are upset with it. Hey, it sucks that you chose to be famous and this is the way you chose to be famous. It's just, I think it comes with the territory and whether you're making fun of it or not, you're talking about him. He somehow got to monetize that. And that's where the true loss is, is if Cormier doesn't somehow find a way to monetize it. And I think real fans get it, but also a lot of real fans are a lot of ex-fighters. And they kind of also get the where DC was at mentally. I mean, I know Joe Rogan, you know, we even tweeted out Joe Rogan because Joe Rogan was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I went against my, you know, and yeah. we tweeted back at him. Um you know, we kind of aren't mad at... We love you, Joe. You're an in-the-moment type of guy, and it's one of the reasons we love you. But we all fuck up sometimes. Exactly. <laughs> like, we exactly. all suck sometimes. Um, it wasn't... That wasn't the time. There was some other... Like, I would have rather... Like, if Overeem got knocked out again and he did it again to Overeem, <laughs> I would have rather it that been that no, way. let me show you from every angle how you're wrong. Like, out of all guys I didn't want to see, but then this is the other thing that I think happened. Did DC finally get the fans he always wanted? I thought he was going to get him in this fight going in. No. So, this is what I was... I forgot to say about the T-Wood fight with... T-Wood didn't come away with any more fans. People were booing his fight. Again, it's happened multiple times over and he's addressed it enough. But I feel like what I have come down to what I believe the idea of why both of these people haven't come across is because, as we've said before, they've asked for it too many times. People are sick of hearing it and they're just... They've asked and they just... It's a stigma that falls on them. doesn't matter the greatness now, but they're just like... I'm doing whatever I can. Love me. You should have never said that. You just keep proving it by finishing people. And it has to be a finish. Sorry. Decisions for you make a lot of sense. If you want to be liked. Maybe. I, I don't know why T. Woods has won me over. I love I, T. Wood. I'm a fan. Felt like the... He's a monster. The, I... Stephen Thompson, dangerous as F. One of the best guys in the whole world. So when I really believe when you see two of the best guys in the world race, swim, fight, it might not, it might be a game separated by millimeters. And so Wonder, or uh, Woodley, so he fights Stephen Thompson, the best karate guy in the game, beats him twice, um, then fights the Maya, best Brazilian jiu-jitsu guy in the game, beats him, has a game, doesn't get even taken down once. 27 attempts or whatever, doesn't get taken down, doesn't get taken down one fucking time. That alone, like if people don't understand that part of it, yeah, Woodley has all aspects. We saw him go in and here's, here's another way, like let me break it down from the fight that got him into it. One of the best strikers in the game. 
Robbie Lawler goes in against Robbie Lawler, beats him striking yep. <laughs> handedly. Yep. Karate guy in the game goes in, beats him striking, has a defensive plan, exciting or not for either fight. Not in, I just, Woodley has to get a little somewhat respect to me. Well, you can keep asking for it, but you might get in his spot, and then no one's going to follow him even more. So he <laughs> needs to go in against a striker to be exciting, and that and is he, then he needs to hashtag gamebred. That be told you first. I'm going to press a button that's dog barking. We're moving on to just the MMA world. If you guys didn't end up catching that weekend of fights, you missed out. Where's Contender John Jones for fight wait, card wait, wait. of the year. Oh, where does John Jones? Anybody? It doesn't. Who do you want to see him fight? Brock Lesnar? Oh, of course. Of course, but we have to wait a year for that because he has to give, a, Brock Lesnar has to give out his one-year suspension because his suspension so was. So between time, Gustafsson? Uh, of course. Oh, you got to see it. It's the hardest fight he's ever had. Who else is there? Old Nick, Old Zamir, Old well, who's the who's that homeboy that just knocked out Manoa? Yeah. He's, Old he's Zemir. yep. He's the he's it. It's him. He's to fill the time. It's him or Gus. It's him or Gus. In my eyes, it's him or Gus. And then Brock is a super fight, a heavyweight. If not. JBJ just moves up the heavyweight and clears out heavyweight division. I would just in my pants if that happened. Who would he fight? Everybody. Any tell me one heavyweight. I don't want John Jones to fight. I think he says Stipe is not the money fighter. He would have called out Stipe, but Anybody, I think John Jones has a little bit of problems with Stipe. I think any heavyweight has the amount of power to be able to hurt John Jones, which changes his style even more. But I feel like he can. He has the physical attributes that he can a lot if not all of those heavyweights as well and we've never seen john jones fight off his back we've seen it a few times and he throws elbows up in a lot of triangles a lot of triangles um yeah some people a few people have gone around what he's really good is getting back up he gets right to the fence winkle john style you can see him he'll butt boot scoop all the way to the fence and then crawl that fence up and then hands to the i i mean fingers to the eyeballs and Push right out of that. <laughs> Knee to the dick, fingers to the eyeballs. Exactly. Speaking of who... Who, who got kicked <laughs> to the dick? No, 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 no. Check the oil. Woodley, check Maya's oil. Wrestling oh, yeah, yeah. style. Hashtag oh. check the oil. Getting your finger deep. You got to just Maya see Maya stopped what he was doing right away. Maya was a Corlo. <laughs> and definitely, he was a little gassed by the end of that fifth round. And it's just a wrestling move, wrestling tactic. You could see it. It's 101. You just grab that taint and you just grab it with whatever you can and pull as hard as you can and whoever's shooting a double leg and or single leg takedown on you will let go if they don't let go you lift really really hard and you eventually get leverage and you can circle around your opponent nasty move and you can actually get disqualifications because guys will just throw a punch because it's really hard to it's not hard to just throw a punch and hit a whole ball sack. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Listen to this though. I can't even un hit a whole ball sack. Yeah. Just get this fight in your head. And this is I know not wearing a belt, but to me, the scariest fight and amazing if they build it up right. John Jones, Francis Nagano. Every any heavyweight ever. And of course I wanna see that predator against KBJ, that would be the to me, best fight. That of predator all time. might be 
the most dangerous man on the planet. <laughs> Francis Naganu, if you're out there. Oh, I think Jones with his camp. It's not going to be an all... You're not going to see a striking battle. You're going to see a John Jones using takedowns. Naganu can get up against... Like, it's... The, the dangerous uh, thing with Naganu, so I don't think we've seen all his game yet on tape. He hasn't learned it yet. If and that's the dangerous thing, because if there's no tape to study... There's time. He's going to get more fights in between that, unless they give him Naganu in his last couple fights, but I think it's going to be Brizok, and then it's just going to be knees for days, and you're going to end up finishing that by John Bone Jones. Love you, John Jones. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, John Jones. DC. I love you too, but it, again. Johnny Bones. And for DC, do you think there will be a point, because the hatchet's buried, that he can look at John Jones and be like, golly. I think that he what a... is going to take the step above and no longer try to instigate fights anymore, but... If people ask him about John Bone Jones, we'll just be like, you know, what's said's been said. Like, he won't necessarily say good or bad things. He'll just kind of do that style. Okay, we can move on from UFC 214. Hell of a double post breakdown. Whew. Yep, getting, we're just getting started. We're just getting started. You need an interim, you need a little uh, intermission, take a little potty break. Please sit down. Just leave us in your head, buds. We know you that you're right there on the toilet listening to us right now. And we've talked about Woodley and Dana, have we? Uh, what about it specifically? Please go on. We don't uh, think we just have. in the post-fight presser, no, we how he was just like Woodley is so boring, and the crowd was booing him, and just pretty disparaging for a guy who just won his belt. And especially with somebody that officially, that recently made amends and with Dana made White. The moment Dana came out and was just like, uh, and uh, GSP, why would I put him in that fight against a boring guy where the whole stadium was booing? This is where they so protect I'm GSP. They're protecting to, GSP from Woodley. Yeah, so I'm going to put, so the Bisping GSP fight is 100% on. You didn't hear all that? I did not watch the post fight press conference. Oh. <laughs> I didn't. I will. Yeah. Yeah. That is, I love my on air reaction because it is genuine and the truth, and we brought it to you here at Let's Go the Unfucking believable. That is a disgrace. And of course, they're going to try to protect GSP, as we were alluding to multiple times over in our podcast, that GSP don't want none of my no T wood. That wood is too hard. I agree. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was like, it's oh, that was GSP yeah. making that Yeah, call. he's protecting himself. So, They're protecting him. yeah, Bisping GSP, I don't want to see that. But I'll bet on that, and I'll bet on my boy Bisping. My boy. Dramatic whistle to add effect. So, <laughs> <laughs> any other... Off the Twitter, I know the Vanilla Gorilla has been tweeting like ever. That novelty's kind of worn off a little bit on me. I still follow him. Um, he's a fun person to follow on that verse. Oh, have Good you seen uh, Izzy Garcia? He he's a guy a lot of fight fans follow. I think he has around the seventy five thousand mark followers. Yeah, yeah. Um, for the UFC community, that's pretty huge. Big. Um, the MMA family is growing, though, every day. I think people are more and more interested, as our podcast numbers showed this week. Woo-hoo, what up? Thank you Biggest very much. numbers yet, so keep it coming, keep it coming. 
Um, and we'll try to work on giving you more content. And hopefully the goal one day is uh, we'll have a Lesbo and the Bean neon sign instead of just a framed Lesbo and the Bean. Only if I can have a calendar that is a woman on the back of an old muscle car in a one-piece thonga. Like old school 1970s in a garage, a mechanic And garage. she has a beer mug. Maybe not the label, I don't care about the beer, whatever sign it is, but just she has a beer washing a car like in a be- like at the what's driveway. She, what's going to be all but she of... Could be a, she could be a brown now. She could be a little bit darker. She doesn't have to be that skinny white lady. She could have a little bit in the back. They yeah. were a little. They were little stick figures back then. Yeah, like seventies muscle cars, but we have to do it clever. Well, no, I'm thinking nineties, like nineties garage calendar. I'm thinking nineties, like if not old muscle, like trashy Porsche Firebird. <laughs> 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 but like a calendar underneath that, like says like this is a Patrick scene. That's how you know. Oh yeah. That your weird uncle would have, like you're like, huh. And it's like not even up to date or current at all. Yeah, it's yeah, like four it's years like four, old. Exactly. That's what I mean. Like it's like some seventies or eighties oh, calendar. Okay, and that okay. Stuff. Yeah, I'm oh, not saying okay. you saw the seventies like or eighties. Like, oh no, no, no. <laughs> no, I'm just saying like it didn't matter. You okay. see some old ass calendar yeah. hanging up. <laughs> yep. That's what the being old ass, but we'll have to do a whole photo shoot. Get some girls involved. Do auditions. Casting couch, Uh-oh. here we come. Uh oh, I will not be allowed to do that. I am married. <laughs> <laughs> I'm married. So, I know that Kobe Covington has been tweeting a lot as well, just trying to make a name. Farts in a bucket. That's how I feel about it. <laughs> I feel like his is not genuine. I understand what he's doing because he's Masvidal's homie, and they kind of got together. And I feel like Masvidal told him in the back room training camp, like, "You're good." But you like you need to be talking outside of it. And Masvidal is going to Latin America and doing guest spots on shows down there. He's understanding a next level as well, where it's like it's not just me fighting. I have to be. I a have name. to build a fan base. Yeah. Well, if, you know, uh, I think this is a perfect analogy. You, you know the whole if a tree falls in the woods and no one's around to hear it, does it make a noise? Right. If you knock someone out and no one's around to see it. It doesn't fucking matter. If people aren't watching, it doesn't fucking matter. So you have to build, you have to start with the kindling, put on the bigger logs, then put on the bigger log. You can't, you know what I mean? So people like to protect their records. And ideally, even though the rules are bent to try to make the fights more action based, ideally, what you want to do in a fight is take the least amount of damage. That makes for a very boring fight. That turns into a Floyd Mayweather fight. Or a T. Woodley fight. Oh, exactly. And he's taking the win where he's taking the W and making the more money at expense of losing his belt for an exciting fight. And he he can't have his cake and eat it too. He's got to pick the winning record or the chance at losing. But if he wins, then he wins it all. Like he gets the fans and... The credibility. Well, maybe T. Woods could learn a thing or two from John Jones. Maybe he could study up a little bit. There's got to be a way to use it a little. Yeah, you want to take the least amount of damage, but there has to be a fan factor involved. I've read a lot of tweets with people where I do agree. There does have to be an excitement level involved. 
it's the difference of playing music for yourself or playing for a crowd. Totally agree. All right. So the DCKO interview with Joe Rogan, we talked about that. Um, Who, what were the biggest things that stuck out other than the DC Jones? Like on the undercard, who was, what was something that you really were like, wow, okay, I got to remember that. Brian Ortega against a... Moicano? Or just looking forward at Brian Ortega, even though he was our Leslie dog under Leslie Smith underdog pick of the week. <laughs> uh, even though looking forward at him, if he's against a heavy-handed guy, yeah, that could be a little trouble, dangerous. Trouble. I agree. I agree. I agree. Like he I'm, took a lot of punches. He, like, that's, watch his other fights, and you'll be like, "Damn, he took more punches than I thought." Not something that's beneficial for him. Luckily, he can put it together, but. That Diaz fight Speaking style. of Leslie Smith on our drug pick of the week, that is, we aren't a podcast that's going to strive or try to do interviews. It's not going to be our thing. Every once in a while, if it happens or if we start going to more fights and get a little budgetel, and by budgetel I mean small budget, going. <laughs> just so you know. Just so you know, if we end up starting some sort of a Patreon or some shit, uh, and go into more fights, then maybe there'll be interviews in that sort of format, and we will do everything to get our right credentials so we can be in the places we need to be to ask the questions you guys want asked. Uh, if they're good, we're not asking some bullshit. We'll get some likes and votes and see how you all feel in a consensus. Uh, but I, Leslie Smith, I think she has to be our first real interview. But eventually she has to hear about this. She has to hear, one day she'll hear that she's our Leslie Smith underdog pick. One day she'll hear the show. One day she'll hear the show from as far back as you can listen. We've always been ride or die. Maybe that's our wolf, that's our wolf's name. Our dire wolf. Leslie. And our logo. Leslie Smith, our dire wolf. Ooh. Anyways, not to. I was a dire Malibu, but that's just. Sometimes I think it's a, um dire german shepherd exactly <laughs> but that's what i kind of dire coyote what if it's a dire unicorn Odie, and then it could be any dog that we want to imagine we put a horn on it <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes i think that and might it be it. <laughs> that would be a awesome Odie with a horn that would or be a so wolf amazing. with a horn a or a... exactly Hmm. German Shepherd let me, that, let me write that down that's higher level thinking you're getting the top notch here at Lesbo and the Bean you know another thing we do at Lesbo and the Bean which is so old school yeah we have our phones we have the computer we like to use the old school pen and paper ye old pen and paper <laughs> I know I should have a quill doodling is an age old art that has definitely brought me along uh time in the american education system hours um, i spelled doodling better than ritalin or adderall doodling can help you pay attention when you're trying to hold conversation just a little piece of advice from mm-hmm. some uh counselors in college anyways moving on <laughs> <laughs> we were about to get end up going into this weekend we are not gonna slow down one bit here at lap b we're gonna Keep bringing the hot fire. 
If you haven't okay, subscribed, by the way. Let what? me see if I have any more news to tell you about. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. But if you quickly, if you haven't subscribed really quick, just remember to subscribe. It just makes it a whole lot easier to get to us. Our website has been coming along, if you've we noticed. We do a robot, and I want to have a song made right here. We'll have a button, boom, and it'll say, like and subscribe. Like and subscribe, and we'll do the robot. Mm. I like that. I like that. I like that idea. That's going to definitely work out for us in the long haul. Um, so the one thing I wanted to tell you about is uh, Anthony Johnson was on MMA Hour with Ariel Hawani. Helwani. Hell. <laughs> yeah, I bet that's a great intro. Great intro. I feel like it's New York Greek. I don't know who it is, but I feel like that's his voice. That I kind of like that style. I don't want to knock it off for us, but I wouldn't well, mind. Well, I feel like if there's somebody who can knock off Latin vibe well, you know what? on the show is a guy named The Bean. I would Mexican. love that mariachi sound at the beginning of our intro. Oh, I got some. I just found some old school. Cali shit that we gotta I'll have you listen hmm. to it a bit. that might be the next intro yeah 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 I'm I gonna show you some it. stuff it's gonna be little dope yeah it's funky you beam. like it there's a little uh, little saxophone. so on there Anthony Johnson was on today and I don't the part I don't know about is the later Twitter was whether his contract was really finished or not with the UFC but I am almost positive he fought his last fight but maybe he didn't or if it's been early terminated or whatever. I but, thought he retired, which terminates it. When you say you retire, you can have two fights, three fights left, but it doesn't matter. UFC it sounded has like never... he had feelers out there, and the he was like, if the money was right, you know, I might be willing to sign with another organization. And Ariel said, "If what about an organization that rhymed with Melator? <laughs> 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 which funny. I thought was clever. That Shout is, out to Ariel. That's um, funny. And he was, if if the money was right, I would totally go. Uh, and then there was an interview right afterward with Frank Mir saying the way when, I guess, when he's off suspension in a couple of months, he's starting to train now and putting his feelers out there now. So right when he comes off, he can have a fight ready as opposed to having to wait the whole time afterward. Kind of John Jones style, what he kind of did with DC. Waited, like, I'll train when my suspension's over, I'll have my fight ready. So, uh... Those were just two things I wanted to tell you about uh, Mir, like Anthony like Johnson, that. maybe. And I was like, huh, I wouldn't mind seeing them fight. I would love <laughs> any of those fights. I thought it was a dis... Though, with Anthony Johnson, the thing that I don't like is that when we say a reti- uh, fighter wants to retire, he shouldn't even be coming back because he doesn't have that. And we've seen Anthony Johnson quit at the highest levels, and we know he doesn't... He doesn't have it and he doesn't want to. And the last thing you want to see is somebody go in there half-assing a training camp, expecting his physical attributes to get him through it, and have a real young killer come in and tear his head off. It's the last thing we anybody wants to see. So I think as much as a fan as I want to do it, I'm thinking there was a reason Anthony Johnson stepped away. Keep your weed money, dude. You're going to just wait two years. Frank Mayer, Wait two same, years. Both. That we're, yep. Both of them should just be Donzo and not Bellator it up. A group, I think both of them. You don't think are... Frank Mir versus Chael? Anthony Johnson no, versus Chael? No, Frank Mir's too big for Chael. What about Way Anthony Johnson versus Chael? Chael's been fighting at 185 or with two, yeah. That's perfect. It just, it's uh, a different category. It kind yeah. of builds them all in for these, they're not necessarily super fights, yeah. but they're like, um, what would be. Uh, terminology for a not quite super fight but interesting 
just for shits interesting a Bellator, a Bellator would, fight. If any, <laughs> a Bell, they're good Bellator fights. If you were going to threaten me with some MMA fights, I feel like I'm the one who should be convincing you because I tend to watch those anyways. And you're telling me, hey, I might watch Bellator. I feel like cool. the Bellator bed is getting softer. Like, I, I'm Rogan starting Donald to find myself fun. watch more and more fights when yeah. they're on. There's certain fighters I care about. I'm not watching whole cards yet, but there are fighters I'm interested in. And I look up and care how they do and follow the feed on Twitter if it's exciting or look and look up the fights afterwards and watch them. So. You can definitely see some slop fests. Uh, but they're getting closer. I and, and there's people that I, by, as a fight fan, deserve I should be watching. I Five love that sure. intro, though. You are, anytime you give me that intro, I'm going to be like, hell yeah, I'm watching this show. And there's a lot of uh, heat seeming to be brewing right now. Um, and this is all the latest Twitter shit. Ooh, there's a lot of heat news, huh? um, right now. And I don't know, this is not sign. This isn't anything. But it seems like people want to see Cyborg versus Holmes. It seems to be the... Again, Cyborg versus anybody. Home. And home, human. not Holmes. Home. <laughs> <laughs> Holly. I'll that take is the preacher's the daughter. The preacher's daughter of and <laughs> All right. <laughs> and on that note. <laughs> moving on to Saturday's card, August eighth. Months are just chugging right oh along. Oh my gosh, I know. Are we in a time August machine? 5th, August fifth. It's going to be Saturday. We're going to get a Mexico City. I did eight of 12. On the last two. And I just want you to know I did not change a pick from fight from talking about it on the show. I did six of 12 and I switched two fights. Yeah. So you would have done eight of 12. So definitely listen to our breakdown that's about to hit you in your ears right now. And then I would press the button. Like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. <laughs> See, robot. We need that, but we need be, an old school be, soundboard. Be, 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 be. I wonder if I can find that on the old eBay. eBay. We know that this Mexico City fight is gonna be high in the air. Number one factor we always talk about here at Lat B. Altitude is going to change your mind and fatigue you incredibly fast. You see guys with notoriously good fast tanks, Kane Velasquez, and a million other people. That you need a month, 30 days, 90 days, some dudes take of getting that climatized. So people that are up there training, usually the Mexican local fighters do have an advantage in the cardio and in the damage and just being is able Mexico to win. Mexico City high? Yeah, I believe this is one of the higher places that the UFC goes. I can tell you the feat, but it is it definitely notorious. You're going to end up hearing it as this week goes on, people talking about the altitude. and You heard who, it here first. Whoever says, oh, I'm just coming in four to seven days, think about this. It will affect their fighting style. I guarantee it. Their warm-up will be like a whole entire fight, and they'll be like, uh-oh, I just blew my wand in the warm-up. That's a regular warm-up. Yeah, your lungs are still just, they don't have time to adapt. You need more time. Just a little fun fact in this long life line, or life fight, life catch and check. Dang, you are right. 73,000, or 7,300 feet in yeah. altitude. You're going to be wheezing, homie. That's more than you better Denver. Not be smoking. You better not be smoking. Yeah, so Cowboy would get up there and be like, oh, my Budweiser tastes a little thick. 
<laughs> it is that not. was a great cowboy impression. <laughs> <laughs> that, say if he was at altitude, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Cowboy at altitude. Yeah. You're known for that, though. Everyone's like, the beans got the best cowboy at altitude impression. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> So, starting off, well, the main event is Perez Morales, or no, Perez versus, um, fucking, <laughs> oh, like, Marino. Marino, not Morales, Marino's a young and up-and-coming buck, but we're gonna start from the bottom up with Jordan Randini versus Alvaro Herrera. Herrera's coming off as a 27-year-old loss versus Vicente Luque in a Darce choke a year ago. And before that, having a win, a TKO over Vernon Ramos, who's not in the UFC, and that ended up being his debut. Um, Rendini, I'm, how am I pronouncing that? I feel like I get it wrong. Jordan, Jordan Rinaldi. Rinaldi. Versus Alvaro Herrera. So, Rinaldi, Rinaldi ended up losing and his Rinaldi's debut. And Rinaldi's nickname, All Day. Well, All Day's much easier. So we're going to go with All Day. He went in short notice against Abel Trujillo. That was like 10 or 11 day notice. His prior fight fell out. He ended up losing a decision. It was a valiant effort. Got out muscled a lot. I think he learned a lot in his loss. And is going to take that next step up getting better you're gonna see a lot more from him now that he's realized the caliber of fighter he has to get prepared for and Herrera has already been in the middle of the competition and came out win and loss so I think that the altitude is gonna play a lot here this is the first fight of the night I feel like Rinaldi is gonna suffer in the cardio and he tends to keep the fight standing his ground is okay his takedowns are okay but there's nothing that really ever popped out at me. He tends to grind fights out a little bit more, but I think that Guerrero or Herrera is living there. He's probably making training camps near wherever he's at, and I feel like Herrera is going to end up winning a decision. It's going to end up being cardio-based. I just feel like this is an evenly matched fight. Here at Latby, we tell you to stay away from their first fight, and there's good reason to stay away from this one. Just watch it. Don't get it on your DK. I don't think that there's a blowout either way. I think that this is a decision. Going with Herrera for now. How do you feel about this fight? I think you said everything. I have Herrera decision, but I will stay away from this. Herrera does not have a good enough record and a solid enough uh, tape for me to feel confident about this. It's the first fight of the night. Right now, Alvaro Herrera, decision, done. Don't have anything else to say. Moving on to the next fight, we have Joseph Morales at flyweight versus Roberto Sanchez. Roberto is a Ro Roberto. I don't know how to say that on there. Roberto with my white voice. Roberto. Mar I know Roberto Sanchez, but why he Sanchez? Sanchez. Roberto Sanchez. That's Robert, it. But. It sounds like a whole. He sounds like he's might be like first or second generation. Oh, I Roberto definitely. Sanchez. 
<laughs> He's just American. Roberto Sanchez. Coming out of Texas out of Gracie Baja Houston. Joe and Robert. <laughs> or Bobby. Yeah, Joe and Bobby. Joey Joe and Bobby. Bobby Sanchez. Bobby Sanchez. There you go. All right. <laughs> Do they have nicknames? Because now it's Bobby. So, Bobby's coming in, debuting from the LFA scene, getting submission a month ago versus guys that are also in and out of the UFC. He's definitely not. I don't know if he's a champ out of there, but he got picked up by the UFC. This is also against the debuter and Joseph Morales. These guys, um, Morales has a few knockouts out of the CFFC and the other organization, I couldn't tell you, it's a mid-Iowa scene. He's coming out of Team Alpha Male at 22 years old, fighting now out of Sacramento. This young guy is, they're definitely both up-and-comers. Well, at 31, I guess, Bobby Sanchez isn't that of an up-and-comer. 31, this is, he's making a run. Morales definitely has way more room to grow. I think that Sanchez has to get this fight to the ground, but I think that Morales is team alpha male in wrestling. I feel like he has a wrestling background. Um, and then I'm going to stifling Sanchez, and Sanchez is going to jump for a lot of submissions, but it might not end up coming out for him. I feel like he Morales can just sit on top position for three rounds and win a decision. If there's a submission, it's going to be Sanchez. I think Alpha Male is going to get Morales ready. These guys are also iffy. We got to watch this fight. I don't feel like you should put any money on it because it could go either way. But I think that Morales is being overlooked right here. I liked him a little bit more in the tape that I saw. I do have another split decision going with 200 dogs in a row to start the night off. I have Morales decision as the underdog right now. How do you feel? I have just been going back and forth just now I'm doing all my picks live on air, but just staring at both their records and I'm going through, you have Robert Sanchez. He's a Gracie trained guy. Gracie is legendary. That being said, because it's so legendary, it was one of the first legendary things and everybody kind of built off there. One of those things that built off there is a camp called Alpha Male. Alpha Male has been pushing this guy. He obviously, I think at this point, Faber would not send somebody in that wasn't ready if he was in a battle for his last knockout. Um, it wasn't a battle. Morales is only 22 years old. They did the same thing with Cody. They did not wait. They sent him in when he was ready, and he was ready. We saw the same thing happen with Cavillo. Mm -hmm. They sent her in when she was ready, and she's ready. I think I'm going to trust him again, and I think he's going to knock this guy out, and I think he's going to knock him out. I think the first round's going to be a little bit of a grind. It might take until the third. Um, I just think Sanchez is stepping into UFC-caliber guy, even though uh, Morales hasn't been in the UFC. I think he's warming up and training with guys the who right have hand. been. Exactly. So I'm going to go He's with Sanchez, or I'm sorry, I'm going to go with Morales, Ooh, and I'm changing dogs. it right. I had Sanchez submission round two, but just looking at the whole picture, and I was going to, when you said jump into submission, I'm like, oh, shit, because Morales, one of the things that worried me looking at him is he's a little guy, um, and I Sanchez looks long and lean in yep. pictures, but they're the same height. So jumping into submission isn't necessarily as scary 
because he's not as long and lean as Sanchez isn't Initially as long. Thought, and so yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that I am going to pick an underdog with you and agree. You tend to go with the wrestler. T. Woods is a reason I'm going to trust that right now and feel like the wrestlers are starting to figure out how to build a perfect uh, defense for this. So Morales, KO, round three. Ooh, getting the finish on the second bite of the night. I'm changing We're, it to round two. Ooh, getting even hotter, getting even hotter for the plays up there. So you're thinking this might even be a DK play for you. I think it might be. Ooh, I'm, I'm liking that. We'll see if the, the we're ahead of the game on DK. We're even breaking lines before the lines are even out this week. That's how hot off the press we come at you with real-time information of what we're looking but at. But every time we do this, DK sets their lines by our podcast. I feel like I all of our, like, we're nothing. like, this is our underdog pick. And then I'm like, whoa, shit, it's not at all our underdog <laughs> pick. <laughs> So we know that they're long subscribers. Of so ours. when we say underdog, we are looking at Topology, Topology.com. A little shout out to Topology. It's pretty clean. You can follow. It gives you enough of their record to kind of go through and gives you fights you might want to look up. And it um, shows you total predictions to the point in time. So it shows you what they, I'd say more hardcore fans, because you got to be a little more hardcore to have a Topology account. So you know what to do and create an account if you haven't already. It has a little sidebar. It took me a little bit to figure that out, but the sidebar runs clean on my iPhone or Android. I don't know how it works on Android. On Probably does this clean. But anywho, that's where we're making all these picks at until the DraftKings opens up. Moving on to the next fight. <laughs> we got Diego Rivas at Bantamweight 135. Worse. Jose Alberto Quinones. Both of these guys have been on the Latin American fight scene. I don't think it was the same year, but it was two different like Latin America type of things. Maybe Rivas is more on the Brazilian scene. I could totally be off on that, but... Chile. Chilean, that's why. So, I really like Rivas. I feel like Rivas has... Really good takedown defense. He really showed it off in his knockout win over Lahat with those knees. But Lahat's an extremely credentialed 9-0 at the time fighter. Got eaten alive by a knee. But that came from really good movement from Revis. Really good takedown defense. And then crisp striking. I feel like I remember Revis having a piston of a right hand. And it scared Lahat into shooting more. And it set up a beautiful knee. Quinones... Is not that type of fighter. He's a long and dirty, wants to make a grimy kind of fight. And he, like other fighters, will take a shot to give a shot. But I don't think he has the power to put people like Revis out. So in this situation, I feel like Revis is going to land those shots. Because Quinones is going to expect to kind of hurt him on the way back. And I don't. I think that Revis is the type of fighter who will tuck his chin, throw the harder punch, and come out on top. His takedown defense is what is making this fighter next level. I feel like he's now in the States and training at other spots. The altitude Kings does MMA. a little bit. Out of Kings, so top notch. He's fighting Darius and all sorts of other beasts. Um, I definitely think that the cardio is going to go to Quinones if he's in and around there. But he's also out of San Diego, so out of alliance with Quinones. I just feel like... On the ground, Quinones stands a chance to 
finish the fight, but I don't think that Revis is even going to allow it to get there. If it does, though, I feel like Revis is strong enough to directly pull out of that. Any fight, this whole fight card could go to decision because of the altitude. Just to, to everyone knows. So if people are like, why isn't this a three-round war? These guys are fighting so high up in the air that they can slow down after the first two minutes of a fight. I do have Revis, though, finish it. TKO round one. I think that right hand lands hard in the first. Quinones goes down, crumples up. This is my... Uh, this is the fight that I think should be 8-1-8-1. I think... Ooh. I'm surprised that uh, Revis is such a favorite here. I think Quinones is a dirty, grimy fighter. Yeah. I think he's proven himself in, I think, just as many UFC fights as Revis has. Uh, they both came, yeah, you said different ultimate fighters. For me, Quinones, the thing I like about him right now is his camp. I yeah. think he's going to be prepared for the punches. I do think we might see a boring fight. I think we're going to see a lot of where you want to see Rivas unleash his piston, but it's going to be a lot of holding, grappling, him getting out. It's all on how good his takedown defense is. You know how you always say yep. that? The first takedown. That's, you said it in the Maya Woodley fight. Yeah, this yeah. first takedown will tell us how the whole rest of the fight will go. And 100% right. And I kind of feel this way about this. I, I almost feel like we're about to watch the Maya Woodley fight again. I could see that. I could totally see that happening. That's and a good And so I went with Woodley on the last fight. I have Keonia's decision right now, but I feel like since I went with Woodley on the last fight, I'm going to go with... Reva's decision. I'm going to change it right now because I think it's a lot of the same style. I hope he has the same kind of defense as Woodley. Um, I got to think he does coming out of Kings. He has to have a decent background going on. So It showed against the high-level Lahat Israeli wrestler. Both young up-and-coming guys. So yeah, they're both going to go I'm so interested in this. It's a fun fight. I can't wait for the fight. So I'm changing it on air again. Ooh. I want to go with... Are this one's a battle for me. Yeah. I almost want to go with Kionias here. Um, I definitely think it's a good one for the fans. I'm going to go with the hometown. I know he's fighting out of Alliance. I got to think he knows the altitude better than anyone and got back there in I the right like amount of time. He was not I'm going to go... There. I'm going to just out of cardio. I'm going to switch it back. Kionia's decision. You're hearing some long on-air magic right now. You don't know how hard it is for us to be switching these guys back and forth on our panels here, but <laughs> we're getting it done. So, moving on to the next fight after that nail-biter, we have Hani Yaya versus Enrique Bignones at Bantamweight, 135 pounds. We have seen both of these fighters. Uh, Bignones is also off the Latin America fighter. He's definitely a little bit more aged at 36 years old. He's been fighting out of California after the show, coming off of two last losses against Cody Garbrandt in a decision, which now when you think about that, looks a little bit better two years ago. And then his last TKO lost eight months ago against Douglas Andrade, which I believe it's like Douglas Dos Santos or Douglas Andrade is... Um, I thought we just saw him recently fight. I could be getting those Brazilians mixed up because that tends to No, happen. I think so too. I think you're right. It was that guy. So that dude was a little tank and he ended up being a piston. But either way, Briones, I think the age is 
probably been his biggest disservice is just he has all the tools but sometimes he can't pull it off because he's not as fast the heart's there but the body's not as much he's just always been a slow for me looked like he was always a step below and he was he's really crafty but that craftiness only gets him decisions he's not really finishing too many people especially at this level in this fight though Against Haniaya, we know where we're getting with Haniaya. This is BJJ Elite. People at one point in time said he was Damian Maya esque. He fell in love with his striking, lost a couple fights, has come back on a streak, has lost recently in a decision against his last fight against Joe Soto. Joe Soto is also a top contender. That's a decision fight. And then prior to that, Haniaya was on a four fight streak, submitting people like Matthew Lopez, Tanaka. Um, all sorts of other crazy Russian names. Ben, ben Ford as well. You know Haniaya uses really bad takedowns. These Brazilian guys all have just very slow telling takedowns that if you can time these, you're going to be able to catch them with it. Um, and Yaya, if we know anything with him, is that his grappling takes him so far and his gas tank always fails him. I don't think I've ever seen a fight where Haniaya has ever looked like he fixed his gas tank. So I don't expect that happening now. I can see that he's a heavy, heavy, heavy favorite. And I feel like that is just because you see a direct line. If he, if Yaya chooses to go into the grappling, if he can get Briones down, which I think he can. Briones' takedown defense isn't that, that great. Um, the later this fight goes, though, the more of a decision it's likely to come. And even then... Yaya can finish submissions from angles that Briones can't. I don't think Briones has too much power in general. This is going to be a scrap. I think that there's money to be made on Briones. He's going to be the underdog here. I do have the favorite submission coming in round three for Yaya as my pick. But I think the real money is on the underdog here. If I would bet it, it would be on Briones. But my official pick. Going with Yaya. How do you feel? Yaya is the heavy favorite. He, If he is expensive on DraftKings, don't put him on anything. I think he is underwhelming as a fighter. Yeah. I never thought Good he was call. UFC caliber. Um, and Briones, he's not UFC caliber anymore. Yeah. So I think this is going to be a boring fight, a boring decision because of all the reasons you said. Yaya you, loses all his abilities to submit someone the later the fight goes, and his submission, submissions are so slow, they are so telling. So an old man can get away from the submissions. Power is the last thing to go. Yaya's never proven to have a super good chin. Briones doesn't have too, hopefully too much more power. I'm just going to go with a boring decision. Yaya, I think he's going to get like within 60 points somewhere, uh -huh, uh -huh. and you're going to pay like 9-3 for him. Right, right, right. So, so stay away, stay from, away from Yaya. Guys. Even though I have Yaya decision, I think it's... He's going to be a heavy favorite, but it's going to be a grinding fight. And it's you not said... not going to be giving up. Your gas tank, his gas tank always goes... Always. And where are we fighting? In elevation. That's so exactly, exactly. Yaya will be cashed by the time he gets the Around ability to submit someone. Round so. For sure. For sure, for sure. All very valid points. This is just top-notch breakdown information here and right here on this one. The Bean, we are moving on to the next fight with a flyweight bout between Justin Ortiz versus Hector Sandoval. This is... Uh, any, I love any Dustin Ortiz fight. Everybody knows I'm a Dustin Ortiz fan. He's definitely win one, lose one, win two, lose... But he's at the top 10 division. He's only losing to guys that are being potential contenders. 
uh, Ray Borg, the next recent contender. Last loss, though, being to Brandon Moreno via rear naked choke submission. Moreno's headlining this card later on, and Moreno's being a sneaky underdog. Um, we know what we're getting with Dustin Ortiz. Dustin Ortiz is going to bring that wrestling fire at you. He wrestles, 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 and then wrestles some more. Always had a proven gas tank. But with this elevation, these guys are going to slow down. And Sandoval is also a wrestler. Younger, much younger in the sport. Definitely a bit. He's older than Ortiz by two years. But as far as coming in, I feel like Sandoval's only had two to three fights. Where Dustin Ortiz has already had... 10 fights and they've all been against top 10 guys so Ortiz is much more proven much more crafty he can as proven multiple times over in fights that if he can get you down he will hold you down for three rounds and he has the angles to do that and the cardio to do that I don't think Sandoval's really experienced the wrestler to the ability of Ortiz and I do tend to go with the wrestler for these reasons Ortiz is few losses that he's had to Juicy and Formiga in a decision which was controversial and then prior to that he had a loss to Wilson Hayes who was also a top contender I mean the heart I, li I like Dustin Ortiz a reason is because of the heart and you know that goes a far long way with me with all of our picks and what we do Dustin Ortiz always is trying to get top position, which always means he's winning the round, which usually gets him a, a fight to win the fight. Sandoval has been able to use his wrestling in reverse and keep people striking. And he has Chris striking. He's a team alpha male guy. We know we can they can get him ready. He has a team alpha male fight style. You're going to see that overhand right from Sandoval and Dustin Ortiz is fought. Three or four alpha male guys. Dustin Ortiz knows how to duck under that overhand right and get a takedown and then hold it for X amount of time. I do feel like I've seen Sandoval gas a bit more against lower competition. And in seeing Ortiz do that, the competition being higher, I just give that factor to Ortiz. I think that this is going to be a decision all day. I don't see a finish coming for either fighter. I think they're going to just neutralize each other everywhere. It's going to turn into a wrestling match. The, their lungs are going to get heavy. And I got Ortiz decision. How do you feel about this fight? I am going to go with the big underdog here Woo! by the looks of things. I like Sandoval day in this. I am not impressed by what I've seen out of Dustin Ortiz in the last few years. And I think he has a win over fun size. Yep. Is that his win? A decision, split decision? Um, I it, an aged fun size to me, like, or a battle-worn fun size. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just, I'm not impressed with Dustin Ortiz over the last few years. I think everything you're saying is true. I just think we're seeing everything with these traveling guys or camps, camps, camps. I think Alpha Male is going to have a Mexican run, and I think uh, I'm going to go with another Alpha Male guy here. I think they're all going to be prepared. I like the fact that their whole camp's out there. That means they're getting in the right training, and maybe they went there a few weeks early. That's the hopes. We're going to look at all the weigh-ins, of course, and all that stuff and see how they all look. But I'm going to go with Sandoval KO round three. Yay. I'm going to hope these guys are ready. Alpha male's known for their cardio, yeah. so I can't imagine Sandoval hanging around for too long um, around there and his cardio not getting better. So 
I like Dustin Ortiz, but he is worn guy to me. I don't know why. I, th- I want to look at his thing you know and think he's like getting. 32. You know what you're so getting. So I'm going to go with a big underdog here. Oh, and yeah. I never bet against Dustin Ortiz, but I'm going to tonight. And moving on. Ooh, spicy night in Mexico. Oh, we are still on the prelims. We are almost to that main card. This is the end of the prelims. I'd say we're getting tits deep into the card right now. It's getting there, like sinking, like a, like a quicksand. Just, uh, yeah, slowly moving and out. We're almost to the end. You know how you get out of quicksand? You fart all your way up. No, do they teach you that in the Marines? Yeah, <laughs> you get in, you get in astronaut position, and then you strain out as far as hard as you can, and it'll bump you up slowly. That's actually just a theory of mine. I haven't actually tried it. You float on your back. I know how to float. That's what you try to float on your back, the same as in water. Have you heard of the whole quicksand paranoia is manufactured for movies only? And it's the truth if you look at it. Hey, how many people have you ever really known about quicksand? Ever anybody? Nobody in your life. No one dies in quicksand. Nobody does. But you would, they wouldn't know. But every, everybody They wouldn't up, live to tell. Uh, like... That's how your parents kept you out of the woods. Exactly. That's exactly it. There might be quicksand over there. Oh, quicksand. quicksand. Ooh. I had a brother stuck in quicksand. It was more like a big pile of mud. Doo-doo. We all got chased in the woods. And my brother got stuck, and then our dad had to go get him out. And we got spanked and told him to stop playing in the damn woods. Because of that quicksand. It'll suck your legs in. It'll suck your legs in. (laughs) Like baby and Maya. Yeah, exactly. Now that we are tits deep, we're going in with Brad Scott versus John or Jack Hermanson. This is a middleweight bat at 185 pounds. We finally got a little bit of weight on the card. These guys have fought a few times in the UFC. Brad Scott, at 28 years old, has a split decision over Scott Askham Askum, as of recent, four months ago. Then he has a lost decision to Jutko and a submission over Dylan Andrews. That Dylan Andrews was a bigger upset, if I remember correctly. He has a lost decision to Claudio Silva and Michael Kupernick beat him by uh, submission. Those are his last five fights. Hermanson's coming off of a last, at 29 years old, coming in. Off of a win against Nicholson. I feel like that was a month ago. I remember that as of late. I had Nicholson on it and he got blasted. Hermanson looked like a snake out there. Throwing beautiful strikes. A lot of beautiful angles. A snake with no with arms. We had a snake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, he has a submission loss to Cesar Fiera eight months ago. But if you're going to... Go against Mutanch Ferreira and you lose via submission. It's not the worst because that guy's world class at the jiu-jitsu game. And if he can get you to the ground, it's something you just need to work on. Hermison, again, I feel like is getting his takedown. He learned a lot from that first loss in the UFC. Come back with a TKO. I feel like he's going to keep rolling. I really liked his movement. The thing that I'm worried about is the altitude. But with Scott Askham, he looks like he's gassed in Every single one of his fights the first round. Not that he really is, but he just has a style that is very step forward, throw a punch. Doesn't bounce around, doesn't have the biggest amount of movement that I can remember. And I feel like Hermiston's going to use all that. 
Ooh, it is scary though with the amount of movement Hermanson had as of late. If he can keep it up at altitude, that's always going to be a clause. Even though with all that, I got TKO round two. I think Hermanson figures ask him out, ask him. I just don't think is that. I don't think he's UFC level. I think ask uh, he beat or Brad Scott beat ask him as of late, and ask him isn't UFC level. So Hermanson for the finish. How do you feel about this fight? I got Hermanson all over DK. I that is what I was gonna. I think Hermison's gonna be expensive, and I think this is gonna be a boring decision, Hermison. I don't like the fact that he's fighting so soon. Mm-hmm. I think it throws off cycles. I think we're learning more in the way the body works about not overtraining, and I the way his body looked last time. There's no way he wasn't training to the nines. So I imagine he's just hasn't broken any of his cycle and just kept going again like a girl who skips her sugar pills with the birth control. And somewhere it builds up where you come out like cowboy and it just doesn't work right. And so I don't think he got hurt in his last fight. I'm not saying any of that. I just think both guys are going to gas. Brad Scott usually gases. Hermison has that muscle where he has so much muscle on him. I'm just expecting him to uh, gas as well. Slow I think down. it's going to be a boring decision, and I don't think either guy is going to make a lot of points. I think Hermison's going to get about 70 points, and you're going to spend a ton of money on him. Just my guess. We'll see when the lines come out. If he's cheaper, though, I'll put him on things. If he's a guy that's 8-5 or under, I'll put Hermison on some things. But otherwise, I think the not recent knockout was only a month ago. He is going to be so fresh on everyone's head with that. Everyone wants to build a hype train around right, things in the right, UFC. Right, right. I just think he's going to be too expensive. So I was going to actually bring that up, and it's a good thing that you did say that with his one-month-ago finish, is he didn't have a full training camp, and did he just keep it rolling? Did he just keep that training camp going where the only thing that can be a flaw with that is that you didn't give yourself time to rest. You were supposed to rest, and instead of yes. resting, you were like, oh, damn, I got another fight coming up. Okay, let's go. Yeah, exactly. And I don't know if he took time off. I hope that there was a little bit of a break and then he just decided to do a three-week camp and he feels like he can beat Scott with a three-week camp and I think he like he can. I right? think he can. So, boring decision in your On eyes. On to Alejandro Perez versus Andre Southampath. Southampath is a coming off of a loss in his debut in the UFC against Albert Morales in a split decision four months ago. Uh, Morales is coming off. He's been mixed in there. Prior to that, so Ham Hath had a CS reign, and he is a Muay Thai striker. Okay, take down the fence. He is flashy in his Muay Thai style-esque, and he wants to keep the fight standing. He can get controlled against good wrestlers. He hasn't seen many good wrestlers, and... I feel like Alejandro Perez has come off of the Team Latin America show as well. He's always been a gritty fighter, a grinder. He's in Mexico. I know he goes to California and is training with, I feel like, uh, Barrios or someone like that. Either Barrios or Quinones he's training with there. But Perez has consistently shown that he understands how to win the fights. And he'll do that with not necessarily powerful striking, but land uh strikes at land they don't they're not going to knock you out but he'll win decisions majority decisions his wrestling's got a whole lot better he can take the fight to the ground with pretty good shots his takedown defense is good as well i just feel like so ham half 
only has one avenue and that's striking. That's the only way he wins this fight. If Perez wants to go to the ground, he can get there. Therefore, I give it to Perez. And if Perez, I feel like Perez is striking in and outside, can beat the, not generic, but the traditional style that Soham Hath has because you can see it's Muay Thai. So if you use MMA against that Muay Thai, you're just, you have an extra leg to stand on. So I feel like this is a decision. I feel like Soham Hath is going to gas because he tends to, especially first time Soham Hath is going to be in Mexico. Even more of a reason. I could even change this to a finish by the end of the week. Perez for sure decision. How do you feel about this fight? Agree with you all day. I'm going to have Perez on everything so far going through this card. He will probably be, I don't know what it'll look like toward the end, but right now he will be on mo- more of my DraftKings cards than any other fighter. I think Perez finishes this fight all day. So Hamhath has been underwhelming since he's come into the UFC as far as I'm concerned. I think Perez is going to be on a run here soon. Um, I think he's beaten a lot of good guys I and handedly. Um, I think the Morales fight that he was in was uh, pretty exciting, even of recent. I don't know why. Was that a draw, the last fight he was in? The Albert was, Morales fight? It was a split. Oh, it was yeah, a split. and it should have been. Uh-huh. It was good. So I just think he has more skills. I think Sal... So Hamhath is just just an underwhelming fighter. I think he's going to get submitted. I think he's going to run out of a gas tank. I think he's going to um, get a little ground and pound action. But Perez's style is usually with some heavy ground and pound to submission. He doesn't ever, he doesn't worry about trying to. What you were, sorry, I was a little bit confused. They both have the same um, opponent in Albert Morales. But we were saying that was turned over. I feel like it was popped on steroids or something. I feel oh, like it was okay. a six-month suspension. It was something that wasn't mega. Maybe he even, like, half told someone, like, he wasn't trying to hide it, and it popped um, something along those lines. I think it's going to be an underwhelming fight. I do uh-huh. think it's going to be a finish, though. Um, so I am going to put Perez on things. I am going to change it right now to Perez submission round three. Um, but I could move up that cardio. to two. I do think I could move cardio, up that to I'm going to move that. I think you have a point. And I do think that a finish is coming. I was leading on to that earlier. I do have a TKO. I think it's just ground and pound. Gas tank. I think it's a gas tank win. I don't think so. Hand I think it's a ground and pound so hand has to give us his back. And then submission. Kind of like that Connor Diaz yeah, exactly. finish. I think it's kind of similar. But it's not going to be a TKO, hit him and quit him, walk over him, they're dead. No, no. Yeah, no it, it's going to be a lot TKO. of work. Moving on to this is the fan favorite of the night. I can't wait for this fight. This is going to be awesome. We have Rashad Evans at middleweight versus Sam. Smiling Sam Alvey. Sam Alvey's family, everything. Last fight coming off of a loss to who was that? Uh, Talis Latis in a decision. Prior to that, coming off of a big streak, knocking out everybody in the mama. We know what we're getting with Sam Alvey. Devastating power. Okay, take down the fence. Okay, not great. Okay. And power. Power from awkward angles. He's gonna... He doesn't really throw a punch to take a punch. Sam Alvey throws a punch when it's there. Doesn't try to overextend. Sam Alvey does gas. Sam Alvey's gonna be up in Mexico. 
But if there's a fighter that I hate almost as much, uh, not hate, but I really have just thought has needed to step away for a long time with all of the surgeries and just everything that's happened, Rashad Evans does not need to be fighting. I don't know how far Sadamawi's going to keep going with the latest fight. He needs to get a good comeback and a good winning streak coming, and I feel like he's going to get that coming with Rashad Evans. We called a lot of upsets for Sam Alvey because of his grittiness and power, and Rashad Evans is not the Rashad Evans of late. If you look at his Rashad Evans as of late, we I've said it for every single one of his fights. His knees are shot, slow, bad takedowns. He just can't shoot, doesn't move like he used to. Um, I don't want to say punchy because he sounds like he knows what's going on, but he's just... His body has been in it for too long. At 37 years old, he came off a collegiate wrestler. He's dealt with weight in his life, good and bad. He's had other life tribulations that have just not worked out for him. Rashad Evans just needs to stay away with all of his faculties. I Next feel like, time Rashad Evans fights, uh huh, you don't ever have to go through any of that again. Right. Because that is how I don't want to hear anything else about him again. I don't even want to watch him fight again. So I totally agree. We've talked about him a few times. Like this guy. The same that we're like, all right, dude, here's your props, here's your props, here's your props, please. But we never again. Never again. So I picked against Rashad Evans and I'm going to keep making money that way with Sal Malvi. I'm going to say TKO round one or two. This can turn into a slop fest of a fight due to the gas tank and the high altitude. But I got Alvi. Round one, TKO. I'm going to have Alvi all over my DraftKings. I think it's an easy pick here. Sam Alvi has thunderous punches. Rashad Evans is past his prime with a weak chin. I don't even think we're going to have to worry about Sam Alvi's cardio at all. I think Smiling Sam's on the right stage. This is a good spot in a card for him. He might have a lot of eyes on him. Not worried about his takedown defense at all. Sam Alvey, KO round one. Put him all over your DraftKings. I think you'll be able to get him for pretty cheap. I think Rashad Evans might just be a bigger name for the DraftKings pickers is my hope. Right. Smiling Sam will have me smiling all over my DraftKings with 120 plus points. He doesn't throw a lot of punches though, people. So if we go into round three... I'm sorry ahead of time. <laughs> it's the truth. Moving on to the next fight, we have the main card with oh Rashad Evans and Sam Alvey, by the way. Oh, never Last mind. Last few. Yeah, we already did that. Oh, we, co- well, we covered that. Jesus. Time Move. machine. Time machine, people. We have jumped in time a few times. With this, we have... I think we. it's August. I think it might be August. <laughs> sorry, Florida. And, and we are coming to you out of Florida, and we have a tropical storm on us right now. We did have the descent. That's how committed so we are to you people. You don't even know what's going on outside. So, with the next fight at featherweight, 145 pounds, we have about between Martin Bravo versus Herberto ben- Benani. Benani? Uh, that sounds like a fun name if I said it right. Bendane. Bendane. Humberto Bendane. Humberto. Martin Bravo. So, Bravo's coming off of an 11-0 and career, his last fight in the UFC, debuting, knocking out Claudio Buleus eight months ago. Prior to that, he has submission and knockout finishes. He's a young and up-and-coming 23-year-old at 5'8 for 145 pounds against an opponent at 22, debuting in the UFC. 
Um, he's come out of the King of the Cage organization, fighting out of Peru. He has submissions and knockouts all mixed in. Both of these guys, um, this is he's at 13 and 4 record. Banini Humberto. Um, I think I don't know enough about Banini. I didn't. Bandane. Ban Bandane. Does he have a nickname? No. Bandane. We got to think of something good for him. We can name him because he's debuting. Ba- the Bandit. Oh, classic. Maybe we get a little craftier. We were always talking about crafty ones. Bandanene. Bandane. Bandanene. Bandini. <laughs> we can call him Humberto. That's his first name. Humberto. Mm. So, I don't think that Humberto is going to end up having anything new for Bravo. Bravo has a little bit of the better scene in Mexico and the United States being so close. Bravo has gotten much better competition, even though it isn't um, the highest caliber. It's better than the fight scene out of Peru. Peru just doesn't have the amount of talent other than Pontanibio is the only other Argentinian I think is coming out of there. Maybe there's one more out of Lima, one or two out of Lima. But I think Bravo is a big step up. It's going to be the first time that Humberto is going to feel a good ground game. This is going to be a scrap of a fight. I'm not too. I'm gonna go decision Bravo. I could see a finish Bravo. I'm gonna stay away from it just because I'm gonna watch these two guys and see where they go in their career. Both up and comers are gonna have a fun time in the UFC. I think both these guys are one to watch already. I think this potentially could be a fight of the night. Agreed. I think Bundane is gonna be one of those 22 year old. Holy shit. I think he's the one to watch. He's, yeah. I He's also coming from a place that I'm not so worried about the altitude involved. He seems dangerous in so many different aspects. I don't know enough about him. I know Bravo fought in the UFC, but it, in the UFC against other people that I didn't know enough about. So I just, I think Bandone is going to be one of those guys. All of the stoppages seem crazy. They're not Mm -hmm. against no-name guys. They all seem out of left field. He seems a little dangerous everywhere. I think he's going to come in with that energy. He seems young. He, I mean, they're both young guys, but he just, and he's super enormous. Yeah, he's a big guy. He's a big guy. So I'm going to go with the huge underdog here. I don't do as well as the bean usually on a, Fighters I don't know as much about, but I'm going to go with Bandane here. And I know also this is where I'm so stupid. Usually favorites about no names tend to be favorites for a reason. I'm going to build my own hype train. Maybe you heard it here first. Maybe Bandane is the next big thing. I'm going with Bandane KO round two. I will have him on some of my DraftKings. Moving on to the next fight, we have a little bit of the more familiar faces with Alan Gucci Brand Joe Bang versus Nico Price. This is a hell of a fight. Definitely fun. We are coming with a traditional striker in Price. He's definitely had only one fight against Brandon Thatch. I guess he's not the striker. He's more of the get you down, wrestle you, and beat you by submission. He has a few decisions, a couple ground and pound TKOs. He tries to get people to the ground and finish them there. Alex Joban has great takedown defense. We know what we're getting with Joban. 10th blonde jiu-jitsu purple belt, if not 
uh, brown by now because I know that was a little while ago. But we know what we get with that Bravo Jiu-Jitsu system. Price, though, in his last few fights, uh, I remember studying up on him, he has a very ground-stifling type of game that he shuts people down systematically where it doesn't look good, but it's found fundamental ground technician. Price is a sneaky play here. I feel like he's an underdog that has a real shot. I feel like Joe Ban, with all of his outside credentials, flashy technique, and style, is going to be a heavy favorite, and he shouldn't be. Price is very, very dangerous. With that, I do have Joe Ban because of just his more experience. I know he has a couple losses, but it's been against much higher uh, competition than Price. Ooh, I can see myself switching to this. I had a I tough agree. one with Price. Price has a good ground game, and he can get people down, and he has good takedowns. Anybody with good takedowns and good submissions is hard for anyone. Joe Ban has stopped some really good takedowns, and it's only gotten better. But this could turn into a slow, sluggish fight. Joe Ban does good when he goes in against punchers. Like guys that will stay in the swing with him, he yeah. tends to KO them or decision right, right. them. Every single time he goes into with a, any guy that has any kind of ground credentials, any at all, whether it's wrestling, jiu-jitsu, anything, we're screwed. We're screwed. And I like Joe Ban and everything in me. I had Joe Ban decision. It was an easy one to pick. Joe mm -hmm. Ban decision. But the more I look at all his record, he doesn't like any guy with a ground game. I got to think Nico Price can figure that out if I can just stare at this record. Yep. Nico Price does have a ground game, and he's dangerous as hell on his feet. I don't think he's going to stand and throw with Joe Ban. I don't think so either. The more I'm talking through, because I had Joe Ban ran three, but it was uh, just a, ooh, let me see what card it is. As I'm explaining it. I think we could get a late submission, and I think this I might be our... I sneaky play. I know, because I had Joe Ban, but I could see that. Even though it's at 10th Planet Jiu-Jitsu, but the hype, I'm playing against the hype, because Joe Ban... He usually comes back after a loss. He came on off a three-fight streak after that. But I just think that Price, I liked everything that Joe I saw. Joe Ban has a name, and we see a lot of times that the name. He has a show with Bryant, Carrie Bryant. He I think this is our Leslie Smith underdog pick of the week. Nico Price. Nico Price. You heard it here. Pounds. I think he's going to be one of the cheapest guys on the friggin' card, and if you get him, you can fill your card with whatever you want. The hybrid. But I think you listen to us here because if Joe Ban does win this fight, it's not going to be by a knockout. It's going to be by a decision. It'll be an exciting decision. This is the other contender for the fight of the night. Um, I I totally agree with you. I think you are 100% right. I think Nico Price is a sneaky little pick here. He has a lot more talent than people are thinking. He's coming out of American Top Team, oh, yeah. the hottest camp right now. They know how to so, be a lot of evil. I think he's a sneaky little pick, and I think he's going to be really cheap, people. So you just around three. Nose. Put him on it. Put all it this this long podcast, it all paid off. You get in there with the Tommy. Leslie Smith, underdog pick of the week. And it brought itself to us. We didn't force that. And kind of admitted, and that's why it tends to be so good. Moving on to the co-main event, we have Ronda Marcos versus... Alexis Grasso. Alexis Grasso coming off of a hype train. I have definitely succumbed to the hype and thought that she could beat people in her... She could beat Felice Herring, but Felice Herring has turned it on to the next level. Felice Herring is a top contender now. 
Grasso is getting there. She needed this. Grasso is going to look even better than she did before. I think, though, with Grasso, what's limiting with her is that she's still fighting out of her Lobo gym, where she, it's her and Aldana. They're beating each other. They're not going with American Top Team. They're not going with TriStar. They're not moving around wherever. Or they're going to other places in Mexico, but the reputation's not there. They're and not the hanging out with there. the bullet, Shevchenko. Exactly. Um, Shout out Rose Namajunas. What up, girl? I have been a Grasso diehard fan because of her traditional boxing. Beautiful. She has good takedown defense against lower caliber competition. But once she can get taken down, she tends to get up. With all that said, I think Grasso still has a long career in the UFC. But I think this fight all the way goes to Ronda Marcos' decision. I just see Ronda Marcos using her wrestling. She has a dark horse in the house. We know where we're getting with Ronda Marcos. She's wrestling, wrestling, wrestling. Her striking has gotten better. She throws a lot more kicks because she feels more comfortable with her ground game. Which only makes her more dangerous. Um, Grasso... Doesn't None of these ladies have tons of power, but what I like with Marcos is that she's throwing her legs a lot more in there. And on the ground, I give it to Marcos all day. I even think Marcos can just put her on the ground for three rounds and make this a decision. I'm even going to put Marcos, if she's a little bit cheaper, on my cards as well because I feel like it can be a heavy um, pitter-patter of her on top position just landing those rabid, significant strikes where it's 90 for three rounds because... She's going to be on top position. How do you feel about this fight? Grasso was a hype train that got mowed. I never was a huge fan. I didn't watch a ton of stuff that made me really excited about her coming in. The women's division is growing leaps and bounds, as will Grasso. Marcos has grown leaps and bounds. We've watched her grow in leaps and bounds. Um... Grasso is by no means as good as a wrestler as Carla Esparza was. Not even close. And that's the one place you got to give Cookie Monster her due is in her wrestling credentials. And I really like Alexa's Grasso, Alexa Grasso. I think she has ways to go. I just think Randa Marcus is already there. That being said, I think this is where the UFC is silly. I think this is them trying to give Grasso one. I agree. For the hometown totally. crowd, build the women up, and I don't fight. think it's going to work. Way so too tough that being fight. That being said, if Grasso is more expensive than Ronda Marcos on yeah. DraftKings, I will put Marcos on almost every card yeah. as well. Uh, I yeah. agree with you in every way here. I got and Marcos' I decision. Should. We're in Mexico City, me being the me, the bean, I should be going with every Mexican fighter, and I initially thought when we were starting this podcast that I would tend up just kind of biasly going versus the Mexican, but I don't. No, if I like, if I don't see the fight going that way, I don't see the fight going that way, and this is one of those fights that I think where we're gonna say, "I told you so." So random Marcos. So if yeah, random Marcos is cheaper than Grasso. That is where my teeter totter will night. go. Take down heavy night. Moving to the main event of the evening with Sergio Baby Pettis versus Brandon, the assassin baby, Moreno. What's uh, Baby Pettis' nickname? The Phenom is Baby Pettis, right? Yes. He was crowned. Yes. He, he, he was crowned Baby Pettis, and yes, it is Baby Pettis. This is a five-rounder. I don't believe either gentleman has been in a five-round fight that I know of, maybe in a prior organization, but nothing like the main event. At altitude, 
both of these fighters are coming in from out of town. I feel like uh, Moreno's coming out of that Northern California scene. But if there was somebody to have family that might be in the area, it'd probably be Moreno. So he could get there and actually set up camp much easier than somebody like Sergio out of Chicago, Pettis, who has nothing, is going to probably fly, fly in with eight days notice. Um, Pettis is coming with that straight up Taekwondo style. You see baby, he's called baby Pettis for a reason. Take Anthony Pettis, cut him down to size. Actually a little bit crisper striking. I think that baby Pettis has better striking than his brother. The power's just not there. Never have been there. He kills people by a thousand cuts, has good gas tank. Um, he's gotten his cardio in check, but he's never been at this altitude that I can think of. Uh, unless I see if a Pettis has been in Mexico before and seen it, that's going to be hard, especially in a five-round fight. For that reason, I feel like Moreno's been a big underdog in a lot of his fights. We've definitely become big fans. This guy's good striker, good, great person, English getting better and better every day. Um, was a dark horse on the Latin America scene and his ground game is evolving as much as his striking is every single fight. We're just seeing this young man in every fight evolve and show up to the test. He's a 14-3 and record at 23 years old. Both these guys, by the way, being 23 and uh, what is that? 20, both of them being 23. This might be one of the youngest main events like ever, ever, ever. Both these guys are pretty young. Um, I think it's going to be a hell of a scrap. They're going to feel each other out. I think that Baby Pettis has good takedown defense. Those kicks, if he uses them right, he can use them against Moreno. I feel like Moreno does tend to stand a little bit heavy on that front leg at times. And people haven't utilized those kicks as much. Pettis, though, does, both, both of them don't kick as much as they should. That would be the main avenue. Other than that, I feel like if they go to the ground, Moreno's going to win. And in the striking over the period of time, I feel like Moreno's going to not win the overall landing strikes, but the more powerful strikes are going to come from Moreno. He definitely hits harder, and Pettis has or a few times been winning the entire fight, and that one shot has almost lost him the round, if not lost him the fight. The... He's come off of that last fight off of Barrios or who is it, Benoit, and then he came off of a three-fight winning streak. But um, he stepped up his game. I just think Moreno's on a higher trajectory than Sergio Pettis right now. I think this is good for both of them. It's going to be a fun fight on Fox. Tell your friends, it's going to be a scrap. They're gonna, It's going to take a little while, but I think Moreno's going to end up hurting uh, Pettis with a kick to the body, and then jumping on submission. So I'm going to go submission round four. Altitude's going to play a role. Moreno, Darstrom, how do you feel? About I got Moreno, submission, rear naked choke, or a head and arm. What's that choke called? I just said Darst choke. Oh, I, that's exactly what choke? I was just saying. Oh, yep. okay. No, wait, wait. There could be a triangle choke. Triangle choke. Okay. Yeah, something yeah. Like, but yeah. we arm both triangle, see kind of the triangle. same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, here's my thing on this i think the ufc has been fluffing pettis i think pettis sergio has had a couple of gimme fights in his last few fights 
you know, building his name up as far as his rankings concerned. Yeah. I don't think Moreno is a gimme fight. I think Moreno has had no favors coming into the UFC. Anywhere. I think if anything, the UFC's tried to stifle Moreno and yep. this is the first time they're being really friggin' smart and using Moreno where they should in Mexico City. Yeah. I think this is one for any fighter that's <coughs> lost tonight. I think this is one so the fans can go home and celebrate. I think Brandon Moreno is gonna submit Sergio Pettis because neither has the power to knock the other out, in right. my opinion. So I think he will submit him. I just think it's going to be a little earlier than your pick. I think submission round three, but I could even change that to round two. I don't think Sergio has been in the ring with a guy as hungry and really likable, and the UFC could build a whole Mexican fan base around He's this the kid. next Cain Velasquez, Kevin Gastelum. Gastelum is tough because he's first-generation American, and his Spanish is like... My Spanish is broken Spanish, uh, where English was more of his first language, where Moreno Moreno is a Mexican. Like, he grew up in, like, he's, and he has a talent, and he's the type of person where everybody that's ever met that guy is like, he is the nicest kid in the world. Nobody We're team says Assassin anything Baby, it sounds like. I, yeah. We're Team Assassin Baby. We well, just decided. I think, yeah, I agree with that. We are Team Assassin Hashtag Baby. Hashtag Team Assassin Baby right here on Lesbo and the Bean. Woo-hoo. For all things Lesbo and the Bean, lesboandthebean.com. Follow us on Twitter at Lesbo and the Bean. And uh, I think that's it. I think you've had a big old show. Big old sandwich of a show. $7 sandwich. All the toppings. Lesbo and the Bean!